we don't get to talk to women that much on the yep. show. And so <laughs> we ain't around the ladies too often. Right. Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. This episode of Sincast is brought to you by HelloFresh. Visit HelloFresh.com and use promo code SINCAST30 to save $30 off your first week of deliveries. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Howdy! And from Music Video Sins, Barrett Share. Hello, everyone! And we have a special guest today. Yeah! Yay. It is Jesse Malton. Yay! That's right. We met Jesse Malton when we went to do the Schmodown a few months ago. Yeah. We competed against her and her legendary father, Leonard Malton. L- Len. Len. That's right. <laughs> Len. Len to Len. people who don't know him. Um <laughs> um but uh but that was a fun experience and it was funny because the schmodown people were used to people like hating each other at least pretending to hate each other or whatever and then they like tried to get me and jeremy to be all like say something bad about you know the maltons is like Leonard Malton is kind of awesome and uh, don't know how we have any real like uh, beef against that guy. And uh, let's just uh, let's just hope we can make a good showing during this whole thing. That's all we cared about. Let's have a good showing. Well, um, what, they, what they said to us was they said, we've never had two teams be so apologetic. Yes. <laughs> like, well, because that's just not my, my dad and I are, are not, first of all, we are our Jews and uh, and happy little round Jews who watch movies. Mm-hmm. And um, we are just not a competitive people. Right. It is not in us. The I only time you see us fight is to get the last roll to Delhi. That's the extent of our fighting. I don't think uh, I don't think we, you know, expected one one thing or another, but gosh, you guys were such sweethearts. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just um, you know, I mean you, I, I've, I've known Leonard Malton stuff for a really long time because, sure. you know, I saw him on TV. I saw uh, me and a guy at uh, the theater used to uh, play a game using Leonard Malton's video guide and all this other type of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so when you get to finally meet him and he's like really nice and, you know, we, our jobs as as a YouTube channel are such assholes <laughs> and we're so opposite of that and everything i'm like oh my god i hope he doesn't hate us right off the bat so hardly uh, and hey you won hey yeah i guess really really well yeah i mean i was i was i was happy that we got some of those classic movie things but man when they asked about uh, arsenic and old lace i was like god we just talked about that a month ago <laughs> it's like you know it, it felt like it felt like somebody had rigged it or something you know? <laughs> so it, you know it's a kind of it like most games and certainly trivia games you either know the answer or you don't right yeah. So if it's something that's up your alley, you're gonna get it, and if it's not, you won't, yeah. and that's okay. You know what we want? We just we all had a really good time. I think the other thing I kept reading was people going, "We're not used to people not fighting, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah. We're insulting each other through the game. Yeah, and 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 that would have been impossible. It would have been so fake. It would have been so fake. <laughs> yeah. Good God. Yeah, no. we stayed after and watched another taping of another round that was much more like what they normally do, yeah. where they came out and. 
you know, wrestling posed for the camera. Right. And everybody was like super stone cold serious the entire time while they're answering questions. And it was a completely different experience. Like, I hope the viewers of that show were able to appreciate our episode because, mm-hmm. yeah, I think we both predicted we would lose. Right. Uh, <laughs> nobody wanted to say anything bad about anybody. And then they, they got to go back to their normal thing after that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so. OK, so today we have you on. We want to know what you what what you think about movies. What are your favorite movies? Oh, man. Well, the thing is, I was spoiled because I was raised by film critics, film historians, film scholars. Mm -hmm. So I grew up seeing not only the best films, but seeing them the best possible way, which tended to be on big screens with orchestras, with audiences that were really receptive. Mm. So a lot of my favorite movies are older movies. Okay. My favorite movie ever, I'm a musical theater nerd, is Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Okay. Mm. Um, that is my favorite. I love it so much. That's a samurai um, film, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a samurai exactly. film, What yes. it is, is that seven brides and seven brothers battle to the death. <laughs> that's right. Um, while singing and dancing and raising a barn. Oh, that's exactly, yeah, it's, it's marvelous. That's exactly so that bloody film. for back in the day, though. <laughs> so bloody. You know, but it works. Yeah. It all works, Oh, right? yeah, totally, totally. So, so you like the classic type of movies. Uh, name some others. Name some others. I mean, the thing is, Singing in the Rain is mm-hmm. one of the greatest movies ever made. It just is. Mm-hmm. Some Like It Hot is one of the funniest movies ever made. Yeah. You can't argue with it. Mm. It is one of the funniest films ever made. Yes. There's a reason. Uh, my dad and I talk about this a lot uh, because I, I'm always really intrigued by films that become either uh, in they either go into the classic category or film students are told they must see this movie. Mm -hmm. And what I find really interesting about that is which movies can play to an audience without any explanation, like most of the Chaplins, most of the Keatons. Mm -hmm. You know, you put that on, you're going to get laughs. Oh, yeah. Harold Lloyd, you're going to get laughs because it's just, it's accessible and wonderful. But movies like Casablanca that are breathtaking, the only way to see it is with context. You need someone explaining different pieces of it to you. Mm. Because while you can see that the actors are gorgeous and the lighting is gorgeous and the costumes, you know, the wardrobe perfect, all of that, um, what you don't know necessarily is what the story means. Mm -hmm. When one side is singing their national anthem as it is, you know, and another side is singing, what does that mean? Mm. So I think that I think that it's really tough for young people if they don't have uh, a conduit, if they don't have someone saying, here's why this matters. You know, I think that's important. I do love I love I love a lot of movies and probably my my favorites really tend to be pretty terrible uh, because I love movies that just make you laugh and make you happy. Mm hmm. Which uh, is funny when I tell you that um, I love The Punisher because it makes me laugh and it makes me happy. <laughs> um, I love Con Air. I talk about that movie constantly. Oh my god! You know what? It Con Air has a following. Con Air has a following, man. Oh my god! So good. I, I'm. I love South Park. South Park is yeah. one of my favorite things in the world. Oh yeah. Cartman is is a gift to mm-hmm. humanity. Yeah. I adore him. <laughs> It's a whole. There's a whole bunch of different things. Hedwig and the Angry Inch, Kinky Boots. Oh yeah. David Mamet's uh, State in Maine. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. it's one of we, our favorites. It's a Brilliant. friend of the show, State in Maine. <laughs> <laughs> if a movie was a friend of the exactly, show, exactly, exactly. I I love that. That is one of my favorite movies ever. I show it to friends all the time. 
Uh, and then like idiocracy and yeah. it just, it goes on and there's all different types, all different kinds. I remember though, when we were doing the schmo down, I think you said that you you don't necessarily go for like the big comic book movies, right? Well, no, the thing is, um, I watch them like everyone else watches them, mm -hmm. but because I don't have any kind of a connection to it emotionally, mm. um, so like, I didn't read those. I didn't read the comic books or the graphic novels. I don't know when they're getting something right or getting something wrong. Yeah. So in a way, I'm kind of the normal population on that yeah. in the mm -hmm. sense that I don't have anything specific that makes me go, oh, you failed because of this or, oh, you succeeded because of this. Sure. But mm -hmm. um, what's changed all of that for really our whole family is my husband. Mm -hmm. And he uh, he loves that stuff. He is a huge Batman, Superman, all the DCs, the Marvels um, and beyond that as well. Watchmen is one of his favorites and Deadpool and Hawkeye. And so I've I've learned so much. And so is my dad. So now we send my husband with my dad. <laughs> so like so he's really kind of our he's the one that just as my dad does with old movies, my husband's the one explaining these to us. Yeah, that's awesome. Sit, sitting watching Justice League, the three of us, it's like he can tell us what he thinks they nailed and what he thinks they failed at. Sure. Mm. And, uh, you know, I have no idea who most of the newer characters are. And he tells me. That's awesome. Yeah. OK, so now time to get mean. Tell us what sure. movies you hate. Oh, man. Well, movies do I hate? Well, um, you already said Justice League. Ha. <laughs> I, did, I didn't hate Justice League. I didn't like it, but I didn't hate it. Um, see, the thing is, hate is tricky because it has to. People will say, this is the worst movie I've ever seen. And my dad and I both respond by saying, ah, you haven't seen this. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know terrible until you've seen. There's a movie we saw ages ago called Spun. Mm -hmm. oh, oh, yeah, yeah I remember yeah. Spun. I'm, I've seen Spun. Mina Suvari and uh, John Leguizamo. I'll it yeah. because it was just my dad and I. They did a screening for us. And it was just, I say us. We I, we in our family refer to, to Malton as the royal we, knowing <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. full well that it's only Leonard. No, uh -huh. I call us the Malton Empire yeah, yeah, because yeah. my mom and I are a part of it. Everything sort of becomes we. Yeah. I say they, they screened it for us. No, they didn't. They screened it for him and I was there. <laughs> um, so uh, I remember watching that movie. It was just the two of us in this, in this little screening room. And we actually started talking. Wow. And saying this is actually this might be one of the worst things I've ever seen. <laughs> yep. And by the end of it, we were just heckling. Yep. We were just yelling at it like, just make it in. I <laughs> had the exact same experience when I watched that. I watched that Me movie too. in the theater as well. And I had heard that it was good. Oh, like yeah? I heard it was worth looking into or whatever. And man, about halfway through. <laughs> She's I'm like, awful. I'm done. I'm yeah. done with this movie. <laughs> so done. It's gross. I'm trying to think of other stuff that we've seen. You know, it's hard because I, I tend to kind of, I don't think about the bad ones mm -hmm. because I just would rather not. Yeah. I don't want them to leave me and never come back. Yeah. yeah. But I'm trying to think. Oh, you know what? I saw Flatliners the other day. That that was really terrible. The new one? That's Yeah, that's the new. The, it's Ellen Page yeah, 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 and yeah. Uh, Diego Luna and a bunch of other people. And it, it it's awful. Yeah. It is a terrible, terrible motion picture. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I that was another one. It was my husband and I went to see it. And afterwards, he said, you're not allowed to pick any more movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just awful. Oh, yeah. What do you hate? 
um, oh, everything. Boy. Yeah, don't get <laughs> us started. <laughs> we don't like movies. Pirates yeah, those, of the Caribbean. Those, yeah, what Jeremy's saying right now: Transformers and Pirates of the Caribbean and <laughs> Fast and the Furious and all those movies. Now, what's weird to me is that Transformers they they it doesn't get a pass. Pirates of the Caribbean essentially doesn't get a pass, but mm. Fast and the Furious movies get the ultimate pass. And they're the yeah. same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're the same things. The same things that I don't like about those movies. They have family, though. That's true. I mean, I swear family. to God, <laughs> you could have Vin Diesel driving down in a race car, driving down the road, and that fucking thing could transform into a robot. Yeah. And I wouldn't blink. Oh, yeah. It wouldn't make any difference. <laughs> it's the same freaking thing. Yeah. It would. Um, I have a non-movie question that I thought of, because I, I follow you on Twitter, and it seems like you guys do a lot of traveling. Which yes, is probably we actually just got in last night. We were gone for less than 24 hours. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. In Washington, D.C. We we landed at 930 at night and we were on a plane the following night at 530, which is Jeez. last night. We landed last night. Wow. Holy crap. Well, when we travel as cinemasins or even just as the individuals we are, we yeah. one of our favorite things to do is to seek out fine food. Um, like we will find like a four star restaurant or a famous chef restaurant, what have you, and just go blow it out and have a fine meal. What What is one of your favorite things to do when you travel? When you go to a new city, do you do you like to look up like historic landmarks or uh, museums oh, yeah. or um, what kind of stuff are you into when you travel? I love architecture. Awesome, mm -hmm. awesome. And uh, and again, that comes in part from my family. Um, my dad huge my dad loves art deco he loves mid-century modern um all kinds of stuff like that and so we've been to we've been to see quite a few one of the main things we do when we get somewhere is we find out if there's a movie palace oh yeah oh yeah and again mm -hmm. texture there mm -hmm. um we love going to see real beautiful old movie palaces yes um, marquees and everything else. And of course, my one of my dad's obsessions is the Mighty Wurlitzer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have gone global finding the Mighty Wurlitzer. <laughs> uh, we went, we're in New Zealand, in Auckland. There's a gorgeous theater there that uh, that is a, um, it's when it the sun rises and sets on the ceiling. Atmospheric, there you go. Okay. Atmospheric theater. Okay. Uh, we go and see things like that. Um, yeah, it's a lot of it's architecture, but also I like being a tourist. Mm -hmm. I, I feel so we were in Washington, D.C. for less than 24 hours yesterday. And um, I haven't been since I was a kid, since I was really young. I'm 31. Mm -hmm. And I haven't been since I was, I think, 12 or 13. And getting to see those buildings, even just landings, we landed at night and they're all lit up. The Capitol buildings yeah. lit up and, mm -hmm. you know, uh, the various memorials and things like that it, and it, that's our history you yeah, know yeah. for better or worse even you know it, it was a funny thing to be looking at the white house because obviously um i feel the way many of us do about our president yeah. and it was funny to look at that building because it was like you know as much as i don't like the person in there that is still the white house yeah. and I've been looking at that since i mean all of us have it, since your kids you see it and so standing there buy all these different things it's it's really exciting and we got to stay at the willard which is a stunningly beautiful hotel oh yeah and they just started to decorate for christmas and it's so beautiful Ooh, awesome that was my first trip to dc was last year oh and, really uh, yeah and um and i know exactly what you mean because i i spent an entire afternoon walking around that entire area yeah. white house washington monument 
and yeah. uh, Lincoln Memorial and everything, and about died yeah. how much I walked. <laughs> it's a long way. And it was it was the summer, too, so it wasn't like Wait. the best. No, no. So, um, you know, I should have, I should have lost all the pounds during that walk, but you know, um, so how do you differ from your dad and as movie taste? Are you guys exactly the same? We are not. None of us are. Um, it's actually one of my favorite things is when my parents go to see a movie and come home to hear what they both think about it Mm -hmm. because inevitably they don't agree. (laughs) Sometimes they will, but, uh, but the best is that my mom, because my mom is very small and very loud and very feisty. (laughs) My dad will start to try and tell me what he thought. And she goes, you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Pay you money for this. You're wrong. I don't understand. (laughs) But uh, she's amazing. My mom's amazing. Yeah. That's probably one of the biggest things is just that like, like anybody else, there are things that we're going to like and things that we don't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for my mom, sometimes uh, she'll come home from a movie and it'll be all eye candy for men. And she'll go, what was I supposed to stare at? <laughs> <laughs> for my dad, he'll, you know, if it's all if it's all gorgeous guys, he'll go, what was I going to look at? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, where, where I think we're different is I I guess I can get into Goofy a bit more easily. Yeah. But but he's pretty good. It's It's tough. It's tough to say, because I think. One of the things that I respect about him the most is the fact that he will watch anything mm-hmm. and will watch it with an open mind. Um, I, I often talk about The Hangover because the three of us saw it together, my mom, my dad, and I. And that's three very different personalities, and it made us all laugh. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that kind of thing. Forgetting Sarah Marshall, we saw the three of us. And the best part was when Jason Siegel comes out and he's naked from the waist down, my mom leans <laughs> over and says, look, Jesse, he's Jewish. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we definitely disagree, I think, is, as to how much we like or dislike something. Um, but we tend to be similar in our, oh, did I get you? Did I get you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my mom makes penis jokes. Uh, I think I think that's it. Is it's rare that we are opposite, mm-hmm. but usually it's just the extent to which how much we like or dislike something. Mm. Have you ever had a movie that you guys have like just torn in and just dug in and just said you you know you're right, you're wrong? Is there a movie like that? Um. I think one that actually I got him to change the review in the book several years later wow. was Empire Records. Oh, oh, you liked it, right? Of course I did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to say I, that movie is I, adorable movie. and amazing. I love that movie. I love everyone in that movie. Yes. Uh, and I quote it constantly. It's it's brilliant. And uh, I got him to change the review in the book. I made him move the, I think it was at two stars or something like that. And I was like, at least move it to two and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. That was one. Uh, but, but again, I think it, it's tricky because some movies are targeted to different people. So like I, for the movie guide, I reviewed all of those, not another teen movie, scary movie. Oh yeah. Like I reviewed all of those films, basically anything that was, geared towards either kids, teenagers, uh, the youth, as my dad says, the youth. (laughs) Um, That tended to be my assignments. No, yeah. Um, Jokingly referred to me as the Rob Schneider specialist. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you poor, poor woman. (laughs) He he actually, in in several of the books, because in his uh, little bio at the beginning, the last paragraph says, uh, he and his wife Alice are the proud parents of Jessica Bennett Malton, who... 
And he'd write something. <laughs> and uh, and for a long time, it said, who is our Rob Schneider specialist? Nice. nice. <laughs> so I saw all the Adam Sandlers, all that stuff. And in part, just because my dad understands that it's not for him. Mm-hmm. You know, Scary Movie 6 is not for him. No. Nope. It's, it's not for anybody. Yeah, yeah it's really not for, for many, my, many people. It's for Charlie Sheen. Well, that's the, you know, you, you brought up those movies. It's like the, 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 the problem is that you did characterize them as for kids or for teenagers when the movies that had inspired them to make those movies, like Airplane and The Naked Gun, yeah. were not made for kids or teenagers. They were made for adults. And yeah. that's the reason why they, they hit a little bit better. A lot better, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then they started, you know, they started doing those movies where it's like, let's put in MTV pop culture references. That's going to be amazing. <laughs> a Britney Spears reference. Yeah, Britney Spears. Yeah, oh my God. And from 10 years from now, that's going to be a riot. <laughs> um, so what else, guys, you want to talk about? Jesse, obviously your big claim to fame now is the Malton on Movies podcast. Uh, yeah. We were listening to some of those uh, earlier. You guys have interviewed everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from from, <laughs> from legends, I, we were listening to the Mel Brooks episode earlier to, you know, Vince Vaughn, and is it Sean Baker that was that did the yeah, Florida Project? Yeah, we just got Sean Baker on, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so what what is this like being, what, what are some of the ones that stick out for you of the interviews that you guys have done? Well, the thing is, when you asked me to do the show, I told you I didn't think I was worthy uh, <laughs> because I am very lucky uh, the way I often describe myself is I am nepotism at its finest. <laughs> uh, there's a reason I have the job I have. Um, and so the thing is, I don't ever think anyone is there for me. I don't ever get confused about who people want to hear. Uh, and, you know, in part, it's because I have the greatest respect for my dad and for my family, but also because um, I, I get that for a person coming in, one of the things about him is he makes them feel safe because everyone knows that he's not going to attack. Mm -hmm. He's not going to say anything inappropriate or rude. And that's why in his Entertainment Tonight days, people like Clint Eastwood would only talk to him. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that sort of thing where they said it's Leonard or Bust. You know, yeah. George Lucas would say it and Steven Spielberg would say it, all these different people. Um, and it's because of who he is. So what I am is extremely lucky um, and very grateful. But I'm also, I'm not a film scholar. Well, I'm not a film critic. Mm -hmm. What I am is adjacent. <laughs> I am near really, really intelligent film scholars, and I'm near an amazing film historian and critic, but I am not one. Yeah, but but uh, sort of by some sort of osmosis there, you have yeah. to have more knowledge than the average person yeah. does. Yeah, and, oh, absolutely. And I you, just, it's. To me, it's important to clarify it mm -hmm. just because I don't I don't ever want anyone thinking that that's what I think I am. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, and it's also very fortunate because it means that when people say this is Leonard Malton's daughter, I'm nothing but proud of that mm -hmm. as opposed to frustrated or annoyed by it. Okay, yeah, uh -oh. you're you're very very humble. Now tell us <laughs> some awesome guests that you had and everything. Sorry. Okay, so Mel Brooks was absolutely outstanding i imagine so well and i'll tell you the thing the thing is we were told that we had exactly 45 minutes we went to his office in culver city and um they said you have you know you have exactly this much time and then no one stopped us nice. and, he didn't <laughs> stop, and his his secretary was right there his assistant was right there and they didn't stop and so it ended up being like an hour and a half nice. oh wow and 
he was holding my hand for a good portion of that. Wow. And I was, uh, in the words of my people, quelling. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't handle the fact that this was happening. Uh, that was phenomenal. And then, and then it was only two or three weeks later that we interviewed uh, uh, Carl Reiner at his house. Oh, wow. wow. Which was funny because they're best friends. Yeah. And they were totally, you know, making jokes at each other's expense. It was very funny. <laughs> Uh, you know, that that was something that just knocked me out. Um, gosh, it's the, the truth is like everyone excites me. I'm I'm not a person. <laughs> I have zero cool. <laughs> so no part of me is able to be like, yeah, whatever. Hey, famous person. No, yeah. every time my dad has to be like, please just try to be normal. <laughs> like, oh, it's so exciting. Yeah. Having Amy Adams was surreal. I bet. Because she's sitting across, she's the nicest person, mm -hmm. and she's sitting across from me, and I'm just like, and in my head, I'm singing all the songs from Enchanted. <laughs> quote, uh, you know, I want to quote uh, everything. I want to quote, quote, drop dead gorgeous to her. And the thing is, whatever you say to her, she goes with it. Oh yeah. So it was nice because I got to fangirl a little bit. Uh, yeah, we we just, I don't actually know if it has aired or not, but we just did one with Bill Pullman. Okay. Oh, nice. I geeked out the entire time yeah I, part of it is he stares into your soul oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> he's one of those people where he's, so so you know when you see people when you see people in person it's a mix they either look exactly like they look mm -hmm. or nothing like they look yeah right which is that they'll be softer or harder whatever it is like everything can change when you see them in person and bill pullman is tall and looks exactly like bill pullman yeah <laughs> Like that's Bill Pullman. Oh yeah. And I, I sat there really struggling for a long time to just make words. <laughs> my husband sitting behind me, and he goes, "Just ask him if it's really fun to kill aliens." <laughs> and he was saying this to me and texting it to me and writing it down and putting it next to me, and I was like, "I will kill you." Yeah. <laughs> and, it was, and I did ask the question. Most importantly, I asked. But um, but like that that was a that was a knockout for me. That was really like, oh my god, it's you. Just because anyone. Anyone who you have watched since you were a kid is going to have a greater impact on you than someone current. Mm -hmm. So like when I saw, and they haven't been on the podcast, but when I saw Angelina Jolie in person for the first time, oh, wow. it's not that I think she's the greatest human. It was more just like, oh, that's right. You're real. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I couldn't stop staring at her for that reason. Um yeah, I'm trying to think who else. We have some really cool people coming up. We've got Richard Donner coming up. Oh, that should be awesome. Uh, we are really excited about that. Um, I think this week we're going to put up our Mark Mothersbaugh. Yeah, that's another good oh one. Oh, my God. That's He's awesome. He's so cool. We got I to bet. go to his studio Ooh. and uh, record there. And, <laughs> I, I, yeah, he's he's weird in the best possible yes. way. And, uh, and he makes his own instruments and he showed them to us. And one of them, one of them is just a whole bunch of different duck calls. Oh, really? <laughs> he's, he's like, he's, he's, I don't know. It's some sort of a crazy game. Like he's oh the Willy God. Wonka of yeah. music making, I think. Right. <laughs> super creative and crazy. And uh, so that, that was really cool. Look, when you're in a band called Devo, you, right? you're going to be weird, right? Yep. You're going to be the weird guy. So. I'm 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 very I'm very excited that he is still that weird. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, he's so weird. Um the thing is he uh 
we cut this out of the interview because I didn't want my dad to be embarrassed. My dad did not know that, what Devo stood for. <laughs> he says, so I, I told him this is true. A friend of ours named her son Devo. Oh, oh really? And I told him that. And he was like, yeah, I've heard about crazy stuff like that. But is his real name De-Evolution? <laughs> and my dad goes, why would he be called De-Evolution? Yeah. I was like, so that he's never heard of your band. Um, how are you doing? He, he was awesome. There's there's so many people. Uh, I say I'm always excited. It was really cool to talk to Vince Vaughn because I didn't know what to expect from him. Yeah. Uh, I had no clue. He was so nice. That was like, a great interview, nice. by the way. That was a fun interview to listen mm-hmm. to, that Vince Vaughn one, because exactly what you were talking about with him was that is that his his just mere appearance makes you want to laugh because yeah. you're you're uh you know you watch swingers and you have trent in your head when you see yep. him so when i saw the trailer for hot hacksaw ridge i was like are you serious yeah like yeah. Hey, how is he even gonna be pulling this off and i had seen him on the second season of true detective where mm-hmm. he was really serious in that and everything yeah but uh even then though i was like this is not and then you watch it and you're like oh he's really good in this do you not remember him in the cell he was very powerful i remember that. i do yeah. remember his series it's funny that he brought up return to paradise and that thing and i was like yeah i saw that movie i'm amazed you, you got work after that and i'm just kidding but, but even in that same thing elijah wood like because again i've watched him my whole life yeah like it was really cool to talk to him and he's not jaded in the slightest which made me so happy yeah because you want you know we all have things that we want from people when we meet them and on the one hand, that's why they say don't meet your heroes, because I have definitely had the experience of meeting people and going, wah, wah. Right, yeah. And then I've had a lot who've been so nice that it's like, oh, this this is really exciting. Dish on the Whoa. assholes. Tell us the assholes right now. <laughs> Tell us who are some dicks. No, we, don't do that. No, no, no. <laughs> I did have a... I really uh, love to be able to do that. Yeah. And when this is over, I'll tell you. Yeah, I'll, exactly. I'll do it for you. I think I might have told this story before, but when I was working at a theater uh, here in town, the Hollywood 27, Jewel, the oh, singer, yeah. came to see, uh, I think it was Gladiator, mm-hmm. with her bull riding, at the time, boyfriend. <laughs> and one of the girls taking the tickets said to the boyfriend, is that Jewel? And he was really rude to her. Sorry, boyfriend guy. It happened. <laughs> Deal with it. I have, I have um, no patience for that. I have no patience. And so I got this vibe like, oh, okay, he's going to be that way. And I just, I corralled every manager and usher and concessionist I could find when that movie got out. And we lined the hallway like we were fucking part of the wall so that <laughs> she would get seen by everyone on her way out. And that's maybe the meanest thing I've ever done to a celebrity. But, you know, her boyfriend was kind of a dick to my employee. So yeah. I was like, all right, I got a little more power than you think I do. I could yeah. stop your movie halfway through. Yeah. I could fuck with your audio. Yeah. Instead, I'm just going to make sure there are employees here. Anyway, make you feel uncomfortable. Jewel herself you- was nice. I- I- I feel very much that if you are a dick, you deserve everything that's coming to you. <laughs> and and part of that is that because I've met so many different people, I I know for a fact that you can be really talented and really great and and not an asshole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I meet someone who is an asshole, I go, you know what? Yeah. I was just with so and so, and they were great. So what's your experience? <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, I'd, I'd like to talk about this year, like 2017 movies. Uh, first sure. of all, just like some of your favorites because we're coming up on the end of the year. But I also think you have seen a lot of stuff that'll be in awards consideration that the three of us haven't seen yet, um, either because it hasn't come here or had such a limited engagement. Uh, And so I'm curious to know what some of your favorite uh, movies of 2017 are. Well, first of all, let me say that next year, are are you guys on any of the screener lists? 
No. No. Okay. Next year, we're going to plan a sleepover. You come over here to our house, and we will marathon, because that's that's normally what me and my friends do. Wow. Let's do it. I'm there. Screeners. <laughs> we're yeah. recording. That's on record. You just, you just yeah. said that. That's recorded. Yeah. I'm okay with it. I'm telling you, next year, screener season, get your butts over here, and we'll just sleep over. Wait a minute. Look at let, let me look at my schedule. I'm, I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Blow up mattresses. Yeah. Uh, but that's the thing. It, it's like where, where you're definitely spoiled when you are here is you get all the screeners at this time of year. Sure. So like the fact that everything is accessible is amazing. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and now there's there's some movies that we are insistent upon seeing on a big screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's some movies that really need that and deserve that. Um, but because I love documentaries and things like that, it's it, a lot of times those are okay on your set at home. So I'm grateful that we have access to those to watch. Um, I just saw... Uh, Wind River. Ooh, wow. that's high on my list. Have you, you haven't seen? Have you seen that or no? No, but I loved Hell or High Water, so I'm, okay. I'm geeked about it. I have to say that Jeremy Renner is such a knockout. The movie itself is something really special, hmm. and I hope that people see it because I think that it is extremely important that they do. Mm-hmm. Fun facts: I don't know if you've read this, but recently the Native American tribe that worked with them to make the film has uh, gotten all of the rights so that none of it belongs to the Weinstein Company anymore. Wow. Oh, nice. nice. So that people don't have to feel funny about seeing it. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> that's, it was smart. It's smart because otherwise, you know, what are you going to do? The movie's going to go away because people are going to say, I don't want to support the company. Right. Jeremy Renner is is incredible and the movie is beautiful. Really awesome. beautiful. Heartbreaking and beautiful. That's good to hear because uh, Jeremy Renner, I feel like, has always been on the cusp of having that like real yeah. breakout like everybody noticed. He's kind of been you know, relegated to this. He's been happy to, I think, to be mm-hmm. relegated into this kind of like supporting role type of thing, but I've always known he's had something in him yeah. that's yeah. ready to just you know come to this. I'm glad to hear that about him. When's the last time you saw Hurt Locker? Oh, it was probably when it came out, actually. When you have a chance, and if you have a chance, watch it again. Mm -hmm. Every bit of why he became a name that people knew from that movie, it's valid. Yeah. I I watched it again not that long ago uh, because I realized I hadn't seen it in ages. And was just like, gee, this is why this guy deserves everything. Because yeah. he's so good. Well, and I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I remember, I remember seeing that and thinking, oh, well, this is where we're, we're going to see this guy all the time. I didn't think we'd see yeah. him all the time the way we have been seeing right. him. Sure. But uh, I thought he was going to be just the leading guy for a really long time after yeah. Hurt Locker. And well, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, he might, he might still be happy to just be that supporting guy for the most part. Yeah. But well, he gets good roles, and I think that. He's okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the obvious answer this year, of course, is Get Out. Yeah. Still number one on my list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's my dad's favorite film of the year. Mm-hmm. And as he's voting and putting in stuff for different things, that's his top. He loves that movie. Um, Lucky, which is Harry Dean Stanton's last film. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Lucky is, it is slow and it is quiet and it is beautiful. And so I know that it's not for everybody, but just to watch him, it was written by a guy named Logan Sparks. And Logan was actually Harry's assistant 
for years and years wow. and years. And so when he wrote this movie, he wrote it for Harry hmm. and used Harry's Rolodex. Do people know what a Rolodex is anymore? <laughs> <laughs> the people in here do, but maybe not a lot of our listeners. <laughs> maybe not the world. Yeah. Uh, he looked through his contacts in his iPhone. Yeah. Um, yeah. There you go. Yeah. He, he cast all of his friends. So like David Lynch is in it. Wow. Um, uh, Beth Grant. Yeah. Trying to think. I saw I saw it in March. It's been a little while, but like it's an amazing cast, and to see Harry Dean at his best, mm-hmm. and and that it's his last film, it's it's something important. Um, my parents just saw the post. The post. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The new Spielberg, mm-hmm. and they were really taken with that. Uh, we got the screener of it. I'm gonna watch that later today. Actually, <laughs> nice. What else? Uh, yeah. I mean, the thing is, there's as always, there's a lot of good movies uh, that people don't get to see that are smaller. Yeah. Things that sometimes we'll see at film festivals that may never see the light of day or may not see the light of day for another year or so. Mm-hmm. So that happens quite a bit. We did see, we saw downsizing in September. Yeah. Uh, I know it's not for everybody. Oh my God. And I can't wait. I don't think it's a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. What I think is that it's incredibly well executed. Alexander Payne is just, he's, he is, we don't have a lot of directors like him anymore. He's mm-hmm. one of my favorites. He is, uh, He's someone that I I love. My mom calls him her boyfriend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Alexander is aware of this and is okay with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, downsizing, I say, I know it's not going to be for everybody, but I think that just the way that it's done and the idea is so interesting and clever that it's worth seeing anyway, even if it's not a movie that you fall in love with afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, Darkest Hour, of course. Uh, I wish that we all kind of felt this way. We wish we liked the movie itself more, mm-hmm. but Gary Oldman is man. You know, knock your socks off. Uh, the way that it's been, the way people are talking about award stuff here is they're saying that it's Gary Oldman's to lose. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, just seeing the trailer, it felt like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens with that kind of, with that kind of stuff. Um, I tend, I don't, I don't really care about awards mm-hmm. mostly because we know that, uh, a lot of it is just who people think uh, should get certain things, not right. necessarily. Like, I think Jeremy Renner should be nominated and should win so many things for Wind River because he's so good. Elizabeth Olsen is also, and she's always really good. She's really good in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone in it is really good. Yeah. So I'm hoping that Wind River gets some love. We'll see if it does. Uh, yes, yeah, I'm trying to think. It's it becomes It becomes a blur. Is the yeah. <laughs> I imagine so. You're watching probably, you know, at least one a day, almost probably. Yeah, easily. Yeah. And then, then sometimes it's two or three. I've totally been there. <laughs> and you're like, after the after the week is done, you're like, God, yeah. I don't. And some of these movies plot start to really like muddy together yeah. and everything. One. Yeah, and yeah. everything. But so we just got a promo for Get Out last night. My dad was looking at it. He goes, "What's the sunken place?" <laughs> all it was it was this big box and it had on the when you open it up it had a picture of a teacup and it said the sunken place and um my dad and i said if it's going to be your favorite movie of the year you should probably remember that it's the sunken place yeah and and he just went uh oh yeah oh yeah uh-huh i said you don't remember it all do you he said no not not even a little bit <laughs> so i think he's gonna have to watch it again but uh you know it, that's the kind of thing where it just gets hard um, and especially because so movie studios have it in their minds that if movies don't come out from about September to December, 
you're going to forget them yeah. for nominations. So whereas in January and February and March, it would be really nice to watch some excellent movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't it? get them. What we get instead are 700 movies between September and December. Yeah. Um, my dad's email is like a joke because you go through and there's so many that are direct to, to, to video now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'll get emails and it'll have they'll have like astounding casts hmm. and it's going straight to DVD. Mm-hmm. We're going straight to you know streaming at home, and you're like, how did that happen? This is, these are so many good people. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll never understand how that happens. Yeah. You see, you see something with like, I mean, just even with a modicum of like, f- like big stars in it, and you're like, why couldn't this get at least like a a week or two run yeah, in a yeah. theater somewhere? You would think. Oh, have you seen Coco? No, I haven't yet. yet. Okay, um, I think it's one of the visually one of the most stunning that they've done. Mm. Um, part of it is, you know, every time you watch Pixar, they get better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so every time I see something, and when I say better, I don't necessarily mean story. I mean, right. visually, because <laughs> mm-hmm. um, they, it's up and down with the movies as of late, but, yeah. um, Coco, I couldn't get over the colors and so beautiful. And then the story is, is lovely. And, um, I, I'm glad it's successful because I think it should be successful. Yeah. I, I think Coco will do well and should do well, not just because it's Pixar, but because it's worthy of praise. Yeah. Awesome. They seem to have, uh, so, you know, some people who know what they're doing at Disney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? well, they don't have one of them anymore. Well, they don't have one of them anymore. <laughs> they You're own right. everything. By the way, have, have any heroes of yours or any um, uh, people that you've interviewed or and, and liked kind of, have they been dragged into this whole uh, well, sexual harassment mess that's going on? The one that you just mentioned is a tough one. Yeah. Ambassador is really hard. That one hit my, it's hit my family the hardest because it's of the people. It's someone that we knew, yeah. we know, um, and we know his wife and his kids. Not We're not friends. By right. any, like It's not like a pal kind of a thing, but we see them. Mm-hmm. Right. And my dad really looked up to him, and that really broke his heart. Yeah, uh, imagine it's so. Been really, really tough. In the same way that you know, we love Garrison Keillor, and that was just yesterday. Yeah, that, they, that they're talking about you know Garrison Keillor getting in trouble. Um, all of it has been really hard because uh, this is our community. Yeah, and uh, one of the most frustrating things to me about all of this is that uh, so many people we knew. And mm-hmm. nothing was done. And mm-hmm. even when you tried to uh, approach it, people would just sort of go, oh, yeah, that's so-and-so. Everyone's yeah. used to it. Yeah, that's what I keep uh, hearing is that it was just sort of accepted as a thing. That, and yeah. that's how it kept going on for so long was that, well, that's just him, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Just stay away from him. That's fine. Uh, but I just, the- sorry, I just remember another movie because I'm remembering fan- – because I was at Fantastic Fest where all the crazy was happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, Death of Stalin. Oh, yeah. Oh. Hmm. Fantastic movie. Awesome. Death of Stalin. Death of Stalin. Well, you must see, you will love. Um, but yeah, uh, so we were at Fantastic Fest. Mm-hmm. And Tim League uh, is a friend and does not deserve to be dragged the way he's being dragged. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it for a second. It really, I should say, I don't, not that I don't believe it, Tim didn't do anything. Yeah. What it is and what I think very much is he made a mistake, but he made a mistake for a friend. Mm-hmm. And the way that I feel about it is it was absolutely a stupid thing to do it quietly to bring, to bring, uh, uh him back. Mm-hmm. And that was a mistake on Tim's part because it looked shady because he did it quietly. 
mm-hmm. at the same time he had him working from home and it's one of his friends and the thing that i think people keep taking out kind of humanity in all of this and in the same way that i really respected pamela adlon and sarah silverman for talking about louis ck and saying how hard it is because that's their friend yeah think that 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 the humanity is being taken out right to say that harry knowles um like oh there's a surprise that harry would do something you know right and i'll and i'll be i'm i'm one of the people he did it to oh no kidding jesus yeah uh it's it's pretty weird oh my god uh yeah he yeah it's all really strange oh my god Uh, but the thing is it's it's like i don't understand how just in this case specifically of Tim League, I don't understand how it's it's his fault that Harry made bad choices. Mm-hmm, right. Because there too, everyone knew. Mm-hmm. And people keep talking about not coming forward and all that kind of stuff. And it's like I told people the day that it, the day after it happened with Harry Knowles, that he was trying, he was saying really disgusting things to me online. Mm-hmm. And I was just like. I told everyone and the response I got from everybody was, Oh God, he does it to everyone. Everyone hates him. Yeah. That's the amazing part of right now is that it's such a watershed moment where it's pivoted almost 180 the other way, which, which has got to be to the benefit of, of all of this, uh, this exposure. And yes, there's going to be things that are, that are caught up like, like uh, the, the guy that you were talking about. Uh, But it's it's so amazing to me that this is I mean this has gone on for what like three or four months at this point really it's my only insane. fear and it's really pivoted my only fear is that like I have a great fear that at least in America we're gonna get desensitized to these stories mm-hmm. and they're not gonna no. shock us anymore but if if that doesn't happen this is this should probably continue for another year yeah. or more and yeah it's, and it's gonna go well beyond as we're already seeing well beyond Hollywood yeah. well beyond TV it's it's it's, it's a it's a systemic problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, corporations, banks, uh, all the way down to supermarkets. The, there are pigs of men out there doing this shit, and people are just going, "Oh, that's just him," and that's that's stopping. Yeah. And if we don't get if we don't get desensitized to the news, if we can take it, and I hope we can, it's going to continue for a really long time, yeah. and it should. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The problem, in part, is that you have to be really careful when the pendulum swings that far the other direction. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Because, and I'm so I'm talking, you are three gentlemen, and I'm talking to you right now. If I were in your studio, and I'm the only girl sitting with the three of you, and I decide that you make me angry, mm-hmm. and I decide that I'm going to say the three of them were abusive to me in some way, what's terrifying is at the moment, there's a lot of, of guilty until proven innocent. Yeah. Right. And my concern with this, because, so we, we have quite a few friends who are uh, teachers, Mm. And they have said that they're no longer going to be able to do one-on-ones with students. Yep. Right. That right. they are no longer going to mentor students as closely because they're afraid. Yep. And I think it's really sad and it's really hard because on the one hand, I'm 100% for you need to believe people. Yeah. And they need to feel confident in coming forward and believing that they will be taken seriously and respected. Um, at the same time, it's a scary thought. You know, when Amber Tamblin wrote about um, saying that there shouldn't have to be any proof, you should just immediately believe the person who's come forward. The problem with that is that 
that's that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. It's dangerous it because it, be, puts, yeah. it puts you in a situation where anyone can say anything and they're fired yep. or their whole their lives are shattered before anyone. Because what do we know? You can print a retraction, but who actually sees the retraction? Right. 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 Well, that's you know? sort of what has it was was very like um, it was stunning about that Washington Post story and everything that came out where you had somebody who came forward for Project Veritas, baby, basically undercover and everything. Yep. And uh, and they research they researched it and they made sure that this was right before the the you know the Matt Lauer thing was apparently a two month investigation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean yeah. Th- that's what I'm heartened by is that this isn't just like somebody coming forward and then the next day it's coming out. It's these people are right. really going after sources and everything like that and really getting it you know right before they come out with it. And my, my concern is just that not everyone is doing that. That's yeah. true. Yeah. That's well, true. You're a lot of right. people are, but a lot of people are not. And, um, you know, it's the kind of thing. So my dad has taught at USC for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And every year, or every couple of years, they have to do a sexual harassment training. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that it said to that my dad uh, was told very seriously, and this is some years ago, is you cannot hug your students. Mm-hmm. And which I understand, but at the same time, a lot of people, especially because they've watched my dad since they were kids, um, what they want to do is hug him. Sure. Uh, he's also just an adorable, adorable man. Yep. <laughs> so I completely get like I hug him all the time. So I get why someone else wants to. Yeah. Um, but you know the fact that he now has to be really careful. Um, I, I have a tough time because I feel like we. We will lose something mm-hmm. precious. As I say, it's the humanity part. You know, my dad wants to be able to give someone a hug if they want a hug, but now he's afraid. Yeah. Um, we just had uh, Robert Patrick on the podcast. The episode hasn't gone up yet. And one of the things is as he was speaking to us, he kept sort of trying to correct himself. He said specifically, the one that, that has stuck with me is he said something about, um, you, uh, I told him, you know, he can't cry like a little girl. Then he stopped himself. He goes, or little boy, or whoever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He wasn't being funny. Yeah, right. He was genuinely concerned that someone was going to say, you can't say, not all little girls do this and that. You kind of have to like, it's, I know it's difficult. And, and I'm a, you know, I'm a girl. I understand this because I get these kind of messages. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things when people talk about, you know, how it, how it gets. So a, an example is I have a lot of friends who work and are in the public eye who can't have Facebooks mm. uh, or anything like that because all they do is get dick pics all day. Right. Mm. Right. Uh, you know, they can't <laughs> have that, which is it's crazy. You know, yeah. they, they, that they kind of have to shut themselves out from certain things because otherwise they just get bugged all day. Yeah. Um, I've also seen it happen in person. Alicia Malone, who I love, uh, the first thing men will say to me is, oh, she's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And I get it because it's the first thing I say about her. Right, right, right. <laughs> I understand that it would be difficult if that's how you're being referred to first. Not, again, that whole film scholar or whatever it is. You know, it's like, she's really hot. Well, she is. Mm-hmm. But. <laughs> You know, ideally, that's not the first thing. Speaks for itself. Kind of like what we were talking about with Justice League and Gal Gadot and how she's shot in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, difference you of don't how. If you have a crush on Gal Gadot, something's wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> I, my, when my husband told me that he had a crush on her, I was like, I have a crush on her. I'm okay with this. <laughs> like, everyone should have a crush on her. She's amazing. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, but yeah, I mean, I and I did notice in watching Justice League that you got a lot of butt shots. Mm-hmm. You know, her stuff was her skirt was considerably higher. Yep. Um, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. And, you know, again, I get it to a degree. Of course I do. I understand what sells. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's hard sometimes that you're not sure where to draw a line. Mm-hmm. So something that ha- I, I like to interact with people online. Uh I enjoy it. I enjoy talking to different people. We love talking about movies. And um, so I've had it with Instagram and Twitter and Instagram in particular where someone starts sending me a direct message um, and goes, uh, hey, you know, I love listening to the podcast. And I'm like, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And the next one is like, so what you up to? Uh, uh, What I'm up to. And this is actually part of why I've started uh, mentioning my husband a lot more. Right. Because my hope is that some part of their brains will switch and go, she's married. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that switch does not seem to be going anywhere. No. Nope. So. Well, I don't. Okay. I'm not. I've been sent unwanted nudes on I'm Twitter sure. and on Reddit um, from females. I haven't gotten any dick yeah. pics yet. Um, I mean, please don't be encouraged by what I'm saying, <laughs> yes, listeners, please. to do this because that, that it's happened twice and both times I'm. I'm like horrified and taken aback because I'm like, I don't know anything about this person. I don't know if this person is 15 or 25. Mm-hmm. Right. I have done nothing to ask for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so it's not, again, I'm probably microaggressing everyone no, right no, now no, by look, saying the it's. Fact that, the fact that we all have to be careful of everything we say right now exactly. is also really tough. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, uh, but, I it, you know, jokes. It, my friends make jokes all the time, and that's how we are. Um, and it's hard that right now you have to be so careful. Yeah. You do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just, it, it goes both ways. Like, I, I've been following the Terry Crews allegations. Yes. Um, and, you know, it, it seems like the media is treating that a little more human interest story, whereas yeah. a lot of the other ones are being treated like true crime stories and it's sad to me because it clearly affected him Mm -hmm. he's clearly still agitated by it and i think he has as much a right as anyone to name his you know assaulter Mm -hmm. and to see them brought to some measure of justice um anyway i don't i I don't guess we really thought we were going to go here today um in too much depth (laughs) we haven't depressed everybody (laughs) no i mean this is just an interesting topic and it leads to another type of thing and interest i'm not saying interesting like here we go here we go again no meaning that it's it's so out there that we you know it's something that we should mention because it's affected movies and hollywood and all that stuff so much and we don't get to talk to women that much on the show and so we ain't around the ladies too often right exactly we don't even know how to talk to them sometimes i don't not know but, go hunting? but yeah exactly <laughs> we hey we're in we're in nashville we didn't, right. it's, we're only 10 15 minutes away from some mudding if yeah. you want to do that I'm okay. hey uh, we're actually working on coming to the Na- to the nashville film festival next year and i really really awesome. that would yeah. be awesome we should Hoping hook up and have a beer or something yes yeah, uh, no i won't tell you i'm there <laughs> in a corner and not you that's probably a good idea now um the it, it, this this topic does also lend to the other part of the conversation and that is what are our relationships with these movies that have these people in them and you know like woody allen is another big one and he's you know, I think Woody Allen almost is lucky because he grandfathered into this whole yep. thing. Yeah, basically. He already. <laughs> What's that? 
fathered. Yeah, he's fathered into this thing. <laughs> you are correct. Um, but exactly. Um, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. So a friend of ours, uh, Bob Whitey, who uh, is one of the people that worked forever directing uh, and writing parts of uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. He did a documentary, I think it was last year, on Woody. Mm-hmm. And it was the first one he'd ever done like that. And uh, it was, he, we talked to him. Oh, we wow. talked to Bob. And we said, you know, how do you feel about this? What do you think about this? And he said, I have to tell you, I think it's all bull. And, mm. um, and, and I disagree with what people are saying. Now, this is one of those things where people read the headline and not the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. So while we can all agree that him being with Soon Yi is weird, mm-hmm. he never lived with her. They, they never they were never under the same roof. Even the joke that I just made, father, right, you know, right, right. he was never her dad. Yeah. So while it's still weird as hell, yeah. it's slightly less weird when you find out that they did not share a house. She never called him daddy, like any of that kind of stuff. It does take a little bit of that creep factor down, at least to, to, to me, I, I think. Um, but people don't know that kind of stuff. But so that's... they do see it as you raised her from a child. And then when she was a legal age, you went, hello. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, that's true. That's one part of the story, but it's, it's more about uh, the children with Mia Farrow and mm. everything that right. I think is the main thing that people talk about. The, the soon ye thing had it's like, you know, scandalous, you know, whatever, a, a week of news coverage when it came out and everything. And then people were like, okay, well, not really anything we can do about this, mm-hmm. so whatever. But then all the, you know, stuff with Mia Farrow's children and everything came out too. So that's the thing I think most people kind of focus on. Yeah. One way or the other, maybe maybe we shouldn't talk about Woody Allen. Maybe we should just talk about anybody in general. Like, it's hard for me now. There, Kevin Spacey was a part of so many movies in the 90s that yeah. I, I love – and like to see him now in those movies is going to be completely different. Yes. So is there is there a way that we can approach these movies now? Is there a, is there a, I mean I don't know if there's a like way. Like can I still say that he's great in these movies or can I you know I mean I I personally can. Yeah. I mean like, because yeah. I've I've had this suspicion obviously Jesse you know uh have more context about this but I've heard these things about Woody Allen for for ages and I've still enjoyed his movies same thing probably with Kevin Spacey I've listened to R. Kelly songs <laughs> even though I fucking hate that guy yeah, he's yeah. the biggest scumbag in the fucking universe but, but Trapped in the Closet is awesome Trapped yeah. in the Closet is fucking great yeah. and you know Remix to Ignition and stuff like that so like Yes, I, I am able to do that. It may make me a terrible person. Yeah. But I'm I'm literally saying like okay, as a person, you fail yeah. ultimately. But you know, if you're going to be in a movie or something like that, I can still divorce them. Well, and I don't think it's fair oh, watch me stick my foot in my mouth. I don't think it's fair to everyone else who worked on those movies. Yeah. Right. If we That's- somehow blackball all of Kevin Spacey's work right. because there are and it gets real too because you could be talking about residuals or what have you, but yes. it's not fair to David Fincher to stop watching 7 just yeah. because Kevin Spacey's yeah. in it. It's not fair to David Mamet to stop watching Glengarry Glenn Ross just right. cuz Kevin Spacey's in it. And I, I yeah. do think what we have to settle into is being able to say, you know, the art is one thing, but we can't forget this other thing, mm-hmm. and that's where I'm at. I'm 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 going to be able to. I watched Glengarry Glen Ross a couple days ago. Yeah, I did too. And you know, I could. <laughs> I, I think we all. Three, yeah, we all were all watching it at the same time. <laughs> right. Um, 
but you know, and I I can still appreciate the film, mm-hmm. and yet I was still aware. Oh yeah, that guy's a douchebag, right? Um, and I think that's kind of where we have to settle. Um, you yeah. know, but moving that, forward, exactly, exactly what I was gonna say, which is that. You know, like they talked about the reason why they're trying to salvage House of Cards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they said there are 300 people who work on the show. Yeah. Right. So many good actors. Mm-hmm. And that's why they've talked at length about switching it over to being about Robin Wright. Mm-hmm. Uh, because why should everyone involved in that uh, suffer? Right. And it's the same thing I feel about, like you're talking about these movies. Um, think about Think about the credits. Think about when you sit there and hundreds of names, yeah. if not mm-hmm. thousands of times, go by. Yeah. All of those people were a part of this. And yes, you know, the actors are the ones that we see and they're the ones who do, uh, and the directors, you know, they're the ones who do all of the press and they become the face of a film. Yeah. I don't think that your memories of your love of something or your appreciation of something uh, need to be tarnished because it meant something to you. Yeah. It is going to be hard for, for any of us to watch certain people when we hear certain things. Absolutely. And yeah. I think that's human. And that's that's not just true of sexual harassment. That's true of anything. Sure. You know, when you find out, like, I love Nick Stahl. Mm-hmm. Love him. That kid, unfortunately, became a drug addict and has had a lot of problems. And it makes me really sad mm-hmm. because I think he's so talented. But I still I watch the movies that I've always watched him in and I enjoy them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and a little part of me is sad. Of course it is. Um, uh, River Phoenix. Yeah. You know, we know the River Phoenix died of a drug overdose, which is so sad because he was so good and he had so much ahead of him. But so do we not watch the movies he's in? Do we not uh, do we not look at running on empty and think that it is one of the most you know, intensely beautiful films. Mm-hmm. No. So, I mean, a, a running joke in our house always is we'll be looking at someone watching something, listening to something. And I'll say to my dad, what were they like in person? And this, this is mostly people of the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s and such. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And I'll say, daddy, what was Bing Crosby like? Oh, see, you have to just do a quick Google there and you're going to find some shit. <laughs> and that's the thing is my dad will go, well, I'll say, don't tell me. Don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Daddy, what was Mel Torme like? Because I, mm-hmm. I love Mel Torme. Yeah. Um, what was Mel Torme like? Well, mm-hmm. yeah. he was very difficult. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that's good. That's plenty. Don't tell me anything else. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we have this with so many actors and so and and you know, and so the greatest joy to me is when they're like, oh, they were great. Yes. Yes, yeah. finally. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, yes. Thank you for not sucking. It's it's harder it's harder to divorce the content when it's a front of screen person, like an actor or an actress or something yeah. like that. Uh regardless of whether it's sexual harassment or whatever. Um you know, I it's easier, I guess uh, when it's a director or a producer, something like that, because when I watch Chinatown, I don't think of Roman Polanski. I think about Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. I think about Chinatown. Yeah. So, but you know, that's that's again just kind of a, a mental exercise that you have to go through. It's just, it's just. Uh, I mean, I know that there's other people out there that do not share this at all. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you should just not like these movies anymore because of it or whatever. It's it's hard for me to to get across that line, and I. I saw a weird thing on Stephen Colbert uh, a month or so ago with Jerry Seinfeld on it, 
And Jerry Seinfeld was sitting there talking about how he loves Bill Cosby stuff. Yeah. Like he he yeah. was he he grew up inspired by Bill Cosby. Part of the reason why he got into comedy and everything. And Colbert was like, yeah, I I kind of can't divorce it anymore and mm-hmm. everything. And uh, and Seinfeld's like, oh, I can, I can. And then the commercial happens. <laughs> He comes back and he's like, you know what? I think you're right about that. <laughs> and I, I swear somebody got to him during the commercials and said, no, Hang on, man. you can't say <laughs> Bill Cosby's man. awesome, you know? And, uh, and he said, you know, he was like, well, uh, now that I think about it, you know, some of those shows that he, that I love, he was doing all this weird stuff during all yeah. that time and everything. Yeah. I was like, yeah, but you know i mean you were one way you can't just flip a switch Five minutes ago yeah now that my lawyer has called me on the phone i feel like this is, i just nope, don't like it anymore yeah yeah uh, no I, I the thing is i respect everyone and whatever their feelings and opinions are on this in that if you can't watch i'm not going to tell you you should yeah or yeah. you must you should do whatever it is that works for you that is me i think that's everybody in this room Mm -hmm. yeah you know do whatever it is uh yeah i i but but there i wish people would have wish more people would have the mentality of do what's right for you yeah and less of the agree with me or you're wrong and you should die well that's just where we are in america right now yeah okay that i think that was a pretty good interview right i think it was fucking awesome (laughs) yeah that was uh that was a great interview jesse you were too good you were you were too good. You we, ate up our entire episode. I hope go, you're happy Jesse. with yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> it's perfectly fine. We're we're doing this next week too. <laughs> <laughs> but also, Jesse's on our 100th episode. Yeah, yeah, the 100th episode. That's we didn't right. really make a, a an announcement of that because it's not like we're, you know, I don't know. It's not like there's some sort of, I don't know. So where should I put all this confetti? I don't know. Oh, no. confetti i am uh, i'll just keep it in my you car can, you, can, you can you can still throw it around if you want you know you know what's crazy is because we we're talking about the, the 2000s and you were talking about your different movies i i was researching a little bit trying to remember different stuff what's crazy is spider-man x-men fast and the furious lord of the rings harry potter pirates of the caribbean saw the born identity movies shrek ice age step up madagascar narnia twilight Da Vinci Code, all the Judd Apatow films, Mm -hmm. Kill Bill, Final Destination, Transformers, Ocean's Trilogy, the Cornetto Trilogy, and the Hangover all happened between 2000 and 2009. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. You don't really really think of it as a great decade, and then you start thinking, well, there's this and this, and (laughs) some of the best movies ever, like There Will Be Blood and No Country for All Men came out in that era, and you have so many... I think the the thing is I became a little bit more cynical about movies that came out in that decade because it's just there's so many just bad, big, huge, dumb blockbuster movies more than usual. Mm-hmm. Sort of like there's a lot of noise out there. Yeah. But then underneath that, there's actually some really good things. Yes. So I was shocked. I was I was really shocked looking through and seeing how many really important movies but also movies that so like hurt locker for jeremy renner mm-hmm. uh tambien. Yeah, oh, yeah i love that movie one hour photo which was one of the first oh, times yeah. we ever saw robin williams be scary oh, as yeah. hell He's super uh, creepy. The station agent which is Peter oh i love Dinklage. the station agent yeah mm-hmm. great movie you know like it was just kind of it's kind of what june bug oh yeah amy first, adams 
<laughs> I love that movie. It's one of the first ones that Amy Adams, you know, got all. Uh, I think people started to really notice her. Oh, she's the machinist. In that. Oh but, yeah. So American Psycho. Oh yeah. But like just going through, it was really wild. But the idea that 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 decade started off, as I say, the Harry Potters and the Fast and the Fury, and even Godforsaken Twilight. <laughs> um, but still, like in That's terms of, of movies, yes. and in terms of things that took over the world. You know, Twilight did that mm-hmm. for better or for worse, mostly for worse. But they did that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's just kind of a trip to look back and see all this stuff and kind of go, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's it's way it's a way better decade than I, I think I gave it for credit. for. Yeah, absolutely. Initially. OK, guys, it's time to talk about HelloFresh again. Hello. Hello, Fresh. By the way, on that marathon day where we did three podcasts, <laughs> we cooked some HelloFresh. We, we did. did. We oh, stopped in the so middle perfect. and we made some burgers yes. yeah and kale chips yes and i loved it oh it was I ate so kale. good it was so good the, it, they were french onion burgers uh-huh they had what was that sauce that we put on the buns oh bechamel oh, bechamel uh-huh that, gruyere bechamel yes exactly zoe bechamel yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so so yeah like it was you know, you had this great beef that came with it. Of course, Barrett's Mr. Burger. He Boom. went in there and and, uh, and knocked those out. I made the bechamel, which is something that I had never heard of before. But yeah. I made it. You killed it. I killed it. Yeah, in, in a and, good way. Yeah, exactly. And and Jeremy cut up some of uh, some of our onions yep. and cooked it our cooked our onions up and everything. We slapped all that shit together. <laughs> And holy crap, was that awesome! <laughs> yeah, we all stood around Chris's island in, in his kitchen, just almost silently (laughs) and at one point i was like what did you put on these kale chips because i shouldn't be eating kale chips and liking it but i did Uh, again olive oil salt and pepper makes everything taste good Mm -hmm. but um this was a solid solid meal kit um and that's the that's the kind of thing you're going to get from hello fresh on a regular Mm -hmm. um they send you all the ingredients you need they send you um the portion size you need for these ingredients, mm-hmm. um, and then tell you exactly how to make it. They've got these colorful uh, little recipe cards that yeah. come with it, usually about 30 minutes or less. This one was less, I think, to cook, yeah. um, and it took us about maybe four minutes to eat. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I am not a cook at all. We had three different things, and we had uh, we had this uh, chicken cheddar fajitas. That's mm-hmm. why I, I cooked that after you guys were gone. Was that good? Oh, my God. It was so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I know, I know. It, there's some spice to it, which I know Jeremy didn't doesn't doesn't go for a lot of times. But man, I put some jalapenos and there's fresh some, jalapenos. Oh, right? so yeah, exactly. Nice. So good and like, uh, you know, you cook up the you cook up the chicken and you have these little you know the the fajita wraps or whatever, mm-hmm. and you put some cheese on it and melt the cheese, and uh, you, know, you throw the cheese ch- the chicken all on it and the peppers and all that. And <laughs> this is so good. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> That's right. And uh, I also had uh, cherry balsamic pork that they sent, which is also good. It's and, good variety. Yeah, it's a good variety. Um, so, uh, so a lot of the main things is that you can you can choose the delivery day. Yep. That you want to have this sent. And That's it, great because like it, you can say, okay, it's going to be a Wednesday where I've got a million things going on. And that's when I want to do my HelloFresh thing. Yeah. yeah. And all the ingredients come in there and they have, the, like like Jeremy was saying, they have the cards that tell you exactly what you need to do and everything. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, it delivers it to your door. You have this, uh, you know, this box with like a lot of a little ice blocks and these little uh, bags or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, keeps that stuff fresh while it, while it comes out to you. HelloFresh. HelloFresh. Well, do we have like a URL or a promo code for listeners that want to join in on the HelloFresh train? What you want to do is go to HelloFresh.com. 
and you enter the promo code SINCAST30. SINCAST30. And you get $30 off your first week of shopping. That's great. If $30, I type, man. If I type in SINCAST100, will I get $100 <laughs> off? <laughs> SINCAST1000. Yes. No harm in trying, right? <laughs> no, it's SINCAST30. $30, yep. $30 off your first order. Yep. Uh, you can even pick which which recipes you want, right? Yes. Like, they're not just randomly shipping you, you know, balsamic pork if you didn't ask for it. Mm -hmm. Like, you can go through the, the recipes they've got up that week mm. or that month and pick what you want. They've got what it was it's classic and it's veggie, and then there's a family recipe. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, you can go through all those different categories and just, yeah, order whatever you want from, awesome. from that group. Awesome. So yeah, it's, it's really good stuff. All three meals they sent to us were amazing. So, and if the three of us can make it, I mean, seriously, you can, you can definitely make this. Even if you're a five-year-old somehow listening to this podcast and you have terrible parents, um, you can make this meal. Especially if you're a five-year-old with terrible parents. Why are you listening to this podcast right now? But yeah, it's easy to make and uh, it's, it's actually a lot of fun because a lot of people are intimidated by cooking, getting in the kitchen, doing your own thing. This is... Just foolproof. I mean, you well, can really get in there and enjoy it, enjoy the process, and it's fantastic. And it'll food. expand your palate. It'll, it, you know, I find a lot of the time. I think I say this a lot. My wife and I, when we cook at home, it's usually a meat and a vegetable, a meat mm. and a vegetable. But these people will send you balsamic glaze mm -hmm. and shallots <laughs> and endives and all kinds of stuff you've never had before, and tell you how to cook it in, in a way that tastes good, and you're. you're your flavor profile and, will begin expanding. And this is something that happened a lot on the recipe. Like is like. All right, now put this ingredient on there. We sent more. Yeah. You know, yeah. And so like just in case you need to put more or, you know, something happens, you spill it on the floor or something, yeah. you got an extra one yeah. usually. So it's all good. HelloFresh.com. Syncast30 is your promo code. That's it. $30 off your first order. Yeah. What are you waiting for? Yeah. Jesse, we, we do a, a Q&A at the end of our, our episode. So if you want to fly by the seat of your pants. Yeah, sure. And just throw them in there. We've got like three or four questions here that uh, that you could chime in on, crack wise, things like that. Sure. All right. Mm -hmm. So let's move to questions. Yeah, going to Ooh, questions. Ooh, fabulous. Question. Question. I got something to say. I want the truth. I am listening. All right. This is a little bit uh, long, so bear with me here. Hello from... Gordy Land, UK. Ooh. All right, that's a thing that that exists. Mm -hmm. um, are you familiar with this, Jesse? Gordy Land? Not a Gordy Land. Okay, no. maybe it's made up. <laughs> I've been catching up with Syncast for about three months now, and I'm eventually, I'm finally up to speed. Uh, thank you for entertaining my daily driving. Um, my question is: JFK is my favorite movie of all time, and seeing it for the first time, I was convinced there was a massive conspiracy mm -hmm. due to the power of the film. However, after spending a lot of time researching the uh, the assassination myself, I now believe, like Costner and Bull Durham, that Lee Harvey Oswald—that <laughs> that is funny—a little bit yeah. of synchronicity there. Yeah, that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. It hasn't diminished my enjoyment of the film now. Are there any movies that inspired you guys to go out and research the story and facts? And if so, how did it affect? your feelings for the movie yeah and of course this guy brings up a movie i've brought up before i believed yeah. wholeheartedly in jfk when it came out it's very convincing 14 years old i had no internet or i had no like nobody telling me you got to read this book this book pretty much explains why that's not possible and everything so i took that as gospel for 15 years probably um but the, another movie that recently came out um that uh, I did a little bit of research on afterwards was Argo. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. Um, Argo was, uh, is a thrilling, great movie. Mm -hmm. I love it. 
it just not the way it happened in real no. life. Yeah. And, and, uh, and so like it does water it down, doesn't it? it I feel mm-hmm. like it waters it down when you find out that none of that actually happened. But at the same time, you do have to really loosely watch these based on real events yeah. type movies. They're going to tense it up a little you bit. You have to. And so ultimately it doesn't take anything away from the movie. If you strip away the fact that it's based on a real story or anything, it's, it's a well-made film. Um, but still at the same time, you're like, when you watch Argo, you're going to have that in the back of your mind. Like, yeah. okay. Yeah. They kind of downgraded what the Canadians actually did, and right. this uh, this whole thing wasn't like uh, as exciting as it as it seems or whatever. But you know, it, it, it's that's one. Yeah, yeah. They didn't have to like race to the plane and sweat over their passports. Right. At right. the, they basically got right through the airport onto the plane. Yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. It hap- this happens all the time, mm-hmm. and it's, Hollywood is always going to keep doing this. For me, another recent one, uh, The Revenant. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a great film, but when you go and actually research Hugh Glass, he's ten times more badass than <laughs> yeah. this movie makes him sound. Yeah. And he didn't have a little kid that he was he was angry about dying. Yeah. He, he was just pissed that they <laughs> left him for dead, and he did so much more cool shit than Leo got to do in that movie. Um, Wasn't and, he pissed off over his gun? Like, they stole his gun? Yeah, he, he, well, they stole his stuff. That's they stole all, all he, his stuff. Well, and that's yeah. basically what he came back for. Was well, and stuff. they left him for dead. They left him for <laughs> dead, but he just came. He just wanted his stuff. He yeah. didn't want revenge. Well, I think he probably wanted a little both. Well, he, but it wasn't about that. He didn't go back and get revenge. He no. just got wanted his stuff. He's like, come on, man. This is my stuff. <laughs> but, like, he crawled with his arms for miles dozens and dozens of miles he laid on maggots so that they would eat his wounds and like somehow that heals them i guess i'm gonna use that if i ever get stuck in the woods (laughs) anyway uh, so it does kind of diminish the now when i watch the movie and he's talking to his son and i'm just like ah come the fuck on man you you don't have to romanticize it that much Mm -hmm. just give me you know like the edge there wasn't a kid in that movie it's just two guys that didn't like each other and had to survive (laughs) could have been something like that jesse you were about to say something about the revenant Uh, no no just agreeing with you that sometimes you look something up and someone's like way, way more badass than you thought. And you're like, why do you mean? I'm, I'm looking up because I'm trying to remember which one. Lone Survivor is one of those for me. Oh, yeah. Well, because it, when you find out, like, so in the movie, you're like, damn, he went through a lot. Then you read about the real thing. He didn't crawl for like a foot. Mm-hmm. He crawled for like a mile. Wow, wow, jeez. Wow, the ground Good because God. his legs weren't right. And he had to crawl. And you go, well, that's that's way worse. Yeah. So, yeah. I'll tell you. So I get angry when you make me sad and I find out it's a lie. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the only true part of We Bought a Zoo. Oh, God. That a zoo was in fact purchased. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the realness. <laughs> and I was like, you made me cry. Well, no. I mean. everything right. No. Nope. I mean, the Matt Damon character marrying Scarlett Johansson, that happened. That yeah. happened yeah. for real. I was going to say. Totally yeah. Totally <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm so his because i cried so much watching that movie i was like you made me cry tears of lies and i hate you my my dad my dad gets quoted saying this a lot don't get your history from the movies right yeah and it is true oh my god oh i I research a lot i love to do and i do the same thing with fargo all that yeah whenever i watch something i love i go home and i want to learn everything yeah, and it is so disappointing. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's 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 almost like it's the whole you don't want to know how the hot dogs are made type yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's one of those kind of deals. Well, it's interesting this guy brings up JFK because, like you said, he didn't have a lot of online you know resources mm-hmm. around for you to uh, say otherwise. Uh, back in 1998, 
movie called Curtin Courtney came out. Yeah, yeah, and. Yeah. You know, at that point, I still had dial-up internet. Was not, you know, using it for. <laughs> Let me just cut that out. <laughs> but uh, it, you know, so uh, you come out away from this movie. It's a documentary about Kurt Cobain and Courtney Love, and his death and what role she played in it and that kind of thing. You come away from that movie thinking Courtney Love had something to do with this this death. Yeah, um, and uh, it's it's very convincing. It's pretty well made. It's interesting. There's a backstory about. One of the uh, the guys on camera died like a day later or a week later, got hit by a bus or a train. Um, but that's stuff that you, you find out later on. So when I did kind of dive into it and look into it, there's a lot of stuff that's disproved. There's a lot of stuff that's just common knowledge mm-hmm. that you just wouldn't know if you had this singular perspective. Um, and, of course, I was a huge Nirvana fan, so I wanted to maybe believe in some sort of nefarious plot instead of, you know, one of my heroes being, uh, you know, committing suicide. But, um, yeah, it's a really interesting movie. I don't really know how well it holds up, but uh, I remember that's one that I looked into a lot. Yeah. yeah. Also, I watched that um, Muppets Christmas Carol, and uh, then I found out later those aren't actual people. What? That's, man. When did you see that? They're just puppets with a hand inside. Give me a br- No, wait a minute. Shocked no, me that, to my core. no, that actually happened. I'm telling you, it did not. I researched, and it crushed me. Oh, my God. Muppets are not real. See now, now we got to see if that website that you saw that was on was real. Yeah, you got to you got to source it. <laughs> That's right. G-O-O-G-L-E. Do you watch that every year? Oh, I watch it probably three times every year. I think the Muppet Christmas Carol is the best Christmas movie ever made. Oh, but you like White Christmas? I do, but I like White Christmas for nostalgic reasons uh-huh. and the music. Um, but Muppet Christmas Carol is just. It, it's probably the best Muppet movie oh, ever. Made. That's a good point. Just, it's just great. That's a strong it's take. Solid, and you can get in and out in seventy-two minutes. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't take up your whole evening, uh, and you'll be humming those songs. It's in the singing of a street corner choir, <laughs> going home and getting warm by the fire. I could do this all day. <laughs> One day we'll devote an entire episode to it. Next question. Love the new episode. Thank you. Who is an actor slash actress, actor and actress, that didn't impress you much when you first saw them on screen? but who went on to do great work? It's an interesting one. Uh, I basically follow, like I used to read uh, the national scene a bunch. Jim Ridley used to, you know, write for national scene and like um, he, I remember two different occasions. He didn't just single out Laura Lenny, Mm -hmm. but there were two occasions where he, he basically singled her out as not very good. And one was in Congo (laughs) and, uh, and, and, and Congo, he didn't say her by name. He just said, the actors in this movie i mean i'm sure they're nice people and all but (laughs) (laughs) not very good and uh and then uh and then then when primal fear came out he's like there's a scene where laura lenny basically breaks glass with her acting and uh because i'm sure it's that one scene where she's like i you know if i didn't like a person i would stab him 38 times you know that whole scene and everything so i I had this sort of like growing up with laura lenny thing where i was like "Eh, she maybe she's not very good but then i saw her in the truman show and you can count on me mm-hmm. and recently ozark which is on netflix oh yeah she's excellent and uh and and i just feel like she's always been she probably just got in those early roles and i think she's okay in primal fear it's just you know those early roles you can't really know if the, somebody's a great actor it's fucking congo it's congo not, yeah. even tim curry is unbelievable in congo <laughs> exactly <laughs> bruce campbell is unbelievable in that movie um as far as an actor i'm gonna go with brad pitt 
Um, yeah, good uh, one. Even though I think Brad Pitt has kind of fallen off a little bit, like as far as he used to, like when he first came on the scene, I was like, okay, here's a pretty boy guy. He's always going to be on the sexiest people alive on people and all this other type of stuff. Uh, and I, you know, saw an interview with a vampire and all this other <laughs> stuff. I'm like, yeah, Brad Pitt is just going to be Brad Pitt or whatever. And then you see him in True Romance. Yep. You see him in Seven. You see him in uh, especially Twelve Monkeys. Yes. I thought he's a great, great actor at that point. But then, yeah, I mean, he's kind of never really tried to get up to that 12 monkeys level again. I don't feel like he's been good. Yeah, but well, he's he, well, he went into that Inglorious Bastards Aldo Rain yeah. thing and he's kind of uh, maybe become like Jeff Bridges these days where he's got two speeds. He's yeah. either got the dude or he's got Rooster Cogburn. Right, right, right. And Brad Pitt has either the fidgety, like, you know, detective or something like that, yeah. or like Aldo Rain. And and like, I would say Burn After Reading is probably a good Brad Pitt performance yeah, where, he, where, he's, where he's different and snatches one as well. Every once in a while, you'll see something where he's different. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, he's doing that Ocean's Eleven or eating yeah exactly <laughs> um that type of thing where he's okay you're serviceable you're a good looking dude you're an actor or whatever you just throw him in there and he's yeah. he's fine but uh that's that's one yeah uh this question makes me think of that scene in 40 year old virgin where paul rudd is like man i used to think matt damon was like a streisand but i think he's rocking the shit in this boy <laughs> <laughs> um that's, i'm, that's I'm actually example. gonna name two actors uh mark Wahlberg and george clooney Neither one of them impressed me with their acting. Right, yeah. like Clooney was charming when he was on Facts of Life. He was charming when he was on ER, but I I didn't see chops there. And then Marky Mark's first couple of acting gigs, like Fear and the Big Hit, mm-hmm. and there's nothing really there to be super proud Although of. Although in Fear, you could see that there was more than just Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch type Maybe. of stuff. Maybe I still didn't see chops. And there. then and then and Basketball Diaries is something that very few people have ever seen. Yep. Or whatever, he's really good in that. But I have a hard time with that movie because. Well, that movie is like 25% about jerking off. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> do you remember that? I do. Because it's like obscene how much they talk about that's that. That's true, they do. Um, anyway, so both Clooney and Wahlberg came to prominence as actors, in my mind, when I saw Three Kings. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Because that movie gave them both uh, a lot of different layers. And again, it's one of my favorite character arcs that they they go from so greedy and selfish to so selfless at the end, they're they're like fine, arrest me, whatever. Just let these freaking refugees cross the border before you do. Um, and uh, yeah, that was the movie where I went. Oh, both those guys are pretty damn good. Uh-huh. Anyway, that that was my answer. I've already talked before about Julianne Moore. I wasn't a big fan in the beginning, and over her long career, she's definitely won me over with her acting ability because uh, she's dynamic. So yes, yeah, definitely. Jesse, you got anybody that you think enough? The two that come to mind are actually uh, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Oh, Ooh, good because one. Because the first time I remember seeing her was in Final Destination. Yeah. And, you know, it was what it was. <laughs> yeah, it sure was. It sure was. She was actually on our podcast. Oh, really? And, you know, then she, she's on Fargo, but she's also, she's in so many, she's in so many good films now. And she's so, she's just really, for me, I'm, I'm an eyes person. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I just think that she, she's definitely has come into her own. Uh, in a big way and another one for me is uh, Emily Blunt because I think the first place most of us saw her was Devil Wears Prada right and she's very funny in it Mm -hmm. but I don't know that any of us knew she could sing the way she sings or act the way she acts right yep that's good answers yeah yeah and Mary Elizabeth Winstead I can totally Mm -hmm. know what you're talking about because just for the longest time you're like okay she's 
she's serviceable she's the pretty girl whatever um but in scott pilgrim versus the world was the first time i really really liked her as a as a performer and everything she's really good in that yeah so with me it sounds almost heretical to to say, but Philip Seymour Hoffman to me. Oh yeah, he had terrible stars. The first things that I saw him is Sin of a Woman, where he's this asshole prep school kid, mm-hmm. and then Twister, yeah. where he's this kind of like goofy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, and like he, going back now and looking at him, they're really good performances right? because he's purposefully trying to be the asshole prep kid in Sin mm-hmm. of a Woman, and he's being the goofy guy in Twister. But then, you know, obviously, when you when you start getting into his later work, starting with probably Boogie Nights, I guess, is yeah. where, and then all of the the Paul Thomas Anderson stuff, including, of course, The Master, which I love so much. Um, man, I mean, just going back and looking at those first few performances, I'm sure I'm leaving a few out, but the first exposure that I had to him was just like, eh, all right, there's that guy. But yeah. I had no idea he was going to turn into this towering figure of acting and he was in uh patch adams and it was mm-hmm. like uh you know he was the guy in that movie that robin he was like robin williams opposite in right that. so while everybody's loving robin williams and being the jokey guy he's he's the guy who's actually studying <laughs> and, and and the movie's like he what an asshole <laughs> <laughs> this guy knows his shit <laughs> you know um and the, the the actress that i was thinking about is scarlett johansson yeah 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 um scarlett johansson was great in ghost world (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) um but in her early parts man like there was just something that she was trying you could tell that she was trying and maybe like a light switch happened or something like that but in match point is the first time that i remember her being just just having some chops and Mm -hmm. actually like getting out there and doing some stuff um and uh between that and uh obviously lost in translation mm-hmm. i think lost in translation came before match point sure right yeah it did um but you know with those two movies she really like announced herself as being more than just a pretty face more than just like you know somebody who can stand there and and you know fill a role basically mm-hmm. uh so she impressed me definitely yeah yeah good call yep and a follow-up sub question yeah. oh yeah um who was an actress slash actress that you thought was great right out of the gate but who ended up falling short of your expectations? Oh man! You know this. Star- I think this is gonna. There's gonna be a lot of child actors here. Uh-huh. Uh, because- Sean Astin. Yeah, Sean Astin. <laughs> totally. You, when you see yeah, him in Goonies, you're just like that guy. One day, destined for greatness. That one day, he's gonna win an Oscar. Um, the. Uh, but I have uh, I have Haley Joel Osment here. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Haley Joel Osment, when you see him in The Sixth Sense and you see him in AI and all these movies, you're like, man, this guy is going to be incredible when he's an adult. Now, he's, as an adult, his roles have always been these, like, dumbass, schlubby characters. Right. Um, he's, he was in, uh, he was in the Entourage movie playing that. So crazy. Uh, he was in Silicon Valley on HBO playing that exact same character, essentially, uh, he was on a, a a show called The Spoils of Babylon, which the IFC was was playing for a bit. He's he's playing this thing where he's got the long hair and the beard, and he's <laughs> always like being this goofy dude. And it can be funny, but it's also just like, come on, man! I know you got more of, more than this to you, yeah, and everything. So it's kind of disappointing. And maybe that's what he just enjoys doing these days. I'm not gonna knock him for whatever, but. It just seems like he's a better actor than that when you consider what he was when he was a kid. Yeah. 
Another one, and this one could be because of all the nastiness we just talked about, Rose McGowan, I thought mm. was going to be a good actress at one point. I I think and there's how'd a... How'd that go for you? What's that? I said, how'd that go for it you? It did not go well at all. <laughs> did not go well at all. But uh, all the stuff that happened to her with Harvey Weinstein happened during Scream, which is the movie that I thought that I saw her in that I thought she's going to be good or whatever. Mm-hmm. She's she's got the she's got that one moment in there in Scream that I love where she's talking about she's basically recapping what Neff Campbell does to Courtney Cox is like he's like he's like I send you a copy. Bam. Bitch went down. <laughs> yeah. Sid. Super bitch. And I was just like, I always thought that she was just really adorable in that type of thing. But, but like, uh, I, I from what I understand, kind of got a little bit blacklisted after all that stuff with Harvey Weinstein mm. and everything a little bit. Nah. And, uh, and, but then she shows up in Grindhouse and I like yeah, her yeah. in Grindhouse and everything, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if there was something going on there, but yeah, disappointing eventually. Mm-hmm. O- overall, I th- I thought she had I thought she had the chance, but she just didn't turn out well. Mm-hmm. Did you watch her on Charmed? I did not. <laughs> was anybody good on Was anybody good on Charmed? Alyssa Milano. Okay, okay, I can I can see that. Shannon mm-hmm. Doherty probably wasn't good, right? Mm-hmm. She was okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's who Rose McGowan replaced. Oh, really? Yeah, she yeah. replaced Shannon Doherty. Yeah, so yeah. maybe she never like. This is not the question though. Maybe yeah. she never was very good, <laughs> but I thought she would be. You and she impressed you, right? Yeah, exactly. In Scream, I thought she was she was you know she was good, and I thought we'd see her a little bit more, yeah. but. Yeah, we never did. Um, so I'm going to pee in everybody's cornflakes. Oh, oh, thank you. Okay. Uh, my answer to this question is Robin Williams. Fuck you. <laughs> and I love Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. I love him to pieces. Mm-hmm. But I feel like his best acting and his best work was front-loaded in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the final dozen years or so of his career, 99% misfires. It's stuff like Jack, Bicentennial Man, Jacob the Liar, um, even Patch Adams I can't stand. Right. Um, and I, I feel like he might have been searching for something. Of course, you know, in hindsight, he was probably pretty troubled and, you know, maybe was searching for something. Uh, but, you know, we got Mork and Mindy early on. We got the manic stand-up comedy. We got Aladdin. We got all this great shit from Robin Williams over the years. And then it just feels like at the end, he just kind of, he lost his nose for how to pick the right films. Yeah. And, and, and it's very little in his final dozen years that I really enjoy or care to watch again. It, yeah, it yeah. may be, you know, Goodwill Hunting. I like Insomnia a lot. Yeah. Maybe at that point is where kind of he... Took a divergent path, mm-hmm. a yeah. divergent path. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Anyway, so uh, I don't have an actress. I didn't prepare that well, and uh, <laughs> even my my one answer is but, make everybody but mad. Yeah, you're right though. Robin Williams, when he started off, had stuff like Good Morning Vietnam and yep. Dead Poet Society and everything. He's like, this guy is going to have an incredible career of like dramatic roles, and I, even in Good Will Hunting, which he's really good in, yeah. I just didn't think that it was like his best work he's right. ever done or anything, but. But yeah, you're right. He he kind of had the Eddie Murphy problem. Yes. Where yeah. um, do, do a lot of the movies that he started coming out with, you're like, who told you this would be a good idea? <laughs> Bicentennial Jack. Man. <laughs> yeah. Jack and Bicentennial Man. And uh, I mean, I'm sure. You're ju- missing Flubber. Oh, Flubber. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jesus. I, well, we're not exactly missing it, Jesse. <laughs> uh, do you have it? Do you have an answer for this? You want to be mean to some people? The actress that comes to mind has actually uh, come back around, Keisha Castle Hughes. Oh, oh wow. yeah, uh, male writer, 
And yeah. everyone was so knocked out by her performance, and, and it, rightly so. Yeah. And then she disappeared, and it turned out, I remember reading at the time, she'd gotten pregnant. Right, when she was like 16, and, right? Yeah, and had a baby. Yeah. And But in the last few years, she started doing a bit more again. The first thing that I really noticed her in was Roadies, which is a show I really loved and people didn't see and yeah, didn't get didn't renewed for it. a second season. I wish it did. Such a good show. That was Cameron Crowe, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so she was in that, and then she she was she's done some Game of Thrones and like uh, thank you for I'm looking at her IMDb. Thank you for your service. Like mm. she's she started working again, but there was a gap. She was also on a show I don't know called the Mighty the Almighty Johnsons. Mm-mm. But uh, but yeah, like she was one where everyone was really excited, and then she disappeared. But she's kind of redeemed herself because she's come back now. Yeah. 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 That's where oh, I saw answer. her come back was Game of Thrones. I had not seen her since Whale Rider when she came in, came back. On oh, that she's show. one of the Snake Sisters. One of the Snake Sisters. Okay, yeah. that's right. Yeah, um, that's what they call them on that show, the Snake Sisters. Oh, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh, my actor is Val Kilmer. Yeah, <laughs> Val Kilmer came out with Top Secret and even Real Genius. You guys saw it when yeah. I was a kid. All the way up into Tombstone. Mm-hmm. Tombstone, I thought, was his his top level. Yeah. Now, let's have an argument about Tombstone and Wyatt Earp again. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> not, not going down that path again. <laughs> but even Top Gun, he's really good in. And then he started really making questionable decisions. The Saint, Batman Forever, At First Sight. Island know, of Dr. Like Moreau. Oh, Island of Dr. Moreau. The Ghost in the Darkness. I don't know. Like Batman wait, Forever wait, wait. wasn't a bad choice, though. I mean, I think anybody would have gone to be Batman. But he didn't Batman? Play yes, I do. Yeah. What's that now? <laughs> yeah. I said, you want to play Batman? Yes, yeah, exactly. That's not a bad choice. I mean, I see what you're saying. It's in the middle of a bunch of like bleh, movies, but. And he was not good in that movie. That movie has is fun parts to it, but I don't think. The interesting thing about Val Kilmer, you're, you brought up the movies like, uh, you know, Top Secret and Real Genius is that there seemed to be a true like sense of humor with yes. his performances that totally got missing maybe after Top Gun. Yeah. Like, yeah, it maybe. just seemed like it was kind of like he's always, well, Top Gun, he's, I guess he's got some hammy kind of stuff in there, but, <laughs> but like, there, there seemed to be something, and he had got a reputation too as being difficult right. and all that. And, um, so like, uh, so yeah, I think that something, something happened. There's two things that happened. He lost that sense of humor and he lost like, you know, probably some good gigs. Yeah, exactly. There's and, a, you know, Red Planet is in there. You know? yeah. It's a great episode of Friends where Chandler's going to get married and Rachel is working at this fashion place where she has access to all these tuxes that have been rented mm-hmm. and she gives him uh, a tux that was worn by Pierce Brosnan at the premiere of one of the one of the Bond movies. And he's mm. like, I'm James Bond. I'm going to wear James Bond's tux. And then Ross comes in for his and she shows him a tux she hadn't showed Chandler and it's Val Kilmer's from uh, Batman Forever. Oh, <laughs> and he's like, wow. I'm going to be Batman. And then the two of them fight because you can't be, <laughs> you can't wear a cooler tux than me. And anyway, Chandler ends up in uh, a tux worn by Diane Keaton. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> and it kills me too. Like he had a, like a mini comeback there with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah, he's so good in that. And, uh, um, and I think it was the David Mamet movie Spartan, which I didn't really like at all. But mm. like, uh, but that was supposed to be sort of his sort of you know, uh, getting back on to the you know being a star point. But it never really happened. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously got talent. I mean, Wonderland, I thought was he was really good in. He was really good in The Doors. Yeah. But I mean, right in the, those mid '90s is where he kind of like took a nosedive. Yeah. 
And I really like my actress, by the way, okay. uh, because I loved this woman. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was perfect. Mm-hmm. Christina Ricci. Yeah, mm. yeah. Christina Ricci just absolutely was Wednesday Adams was my first exposure to her. And then she started doing these indies like The Opposite of Sex and Buffalo 66 and things like that. And she was making really interesting Prozac Nation. She was mm-hmm. making really interesting. Black Snake Moan. Exciting yeah. choices. Black Snake Moan, I think, is really where things change because I love that movie. I, it's a weird movie, but I like watching it a lot because I love Samuel L. Jackson's character and I love her character. I even love Justin Timberlake's character. Mm-hmm. But then she started doing weird stuff. Man, you know what? I bet Christina Ricci has some stories, man. First off, I know that she went through all that whole like eating disorder right. thing and everything. I know that hurt, but I know that it has to be some more going on with her that happened. So, you know, it's just one of those type of things yeah. where I think that just the rigors of Hollywood and all the bullshit that's going on probably fucked her. I mean, she started way early. I mean, she yeah. was she was very young when she was doing Adam's Family. Mm-hmm. Do you uh, remember Mermaids? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She that was before Adam's Family. Right, right, right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. There was a weird little dynamic there where she was like basically uh a little sister to johnny depp or whatever mm. and that i think it was johnny depp and mermaids no because well i i don't remember what i remember is Cher and winona Ryder. yeah there was i know there was another movie where they were like it was like sort of a big brother little sister or like almost you know whatever t- i can't remember what movie that was but then in sleepy hollow yeah yeah they're like love interests right, in right. that movie or whatever but anyway but yeah, yeah, mermaids. I remember that a long time. She ago. did yeah. that darn cat, and she did uh, Casper. I yeah, think yeah, Casper too, with yeah. Bill Pullman. Casper. I think right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, first thing I said to Bill Pullman, I was like, Casper. <laughs> 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 oh my god, I would I would have talked his ear off about Spaceballs. To be honest, yeah, like, I, we, I we did a watch that, that too. Yeah. Zero effect for me. Zero effect. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, man, I mean, she she did this weird like Pan Am thing mm-hmm. for TV. And uh, yeah, it's just weird. So whatever happened, it's a shame because I thought she was all. She yeah. did that Woody Allen movie. Anything else? Right, right, yeah, strange. yeah. Uh, okay, we got uh, we got one more question. We want to do one more. Sure, it's a pretty easy one here. Uh, Sincast recasting question: What movie would you like to see the hero and the villain reverse cast? The main reason that this is in there because this is the most ridiculous example I think I've ever been given. <laughs> Uh, example, Tobey Maguire as Green Goblin and Willem Dafoe as Spider-Man. <laughs> what? <laughs> I do not want to see that. I, I, you know what? And that was on Facebook. And I, if that guy, I mean, if, I'm hoping that was a joke because then I'm going to have to answer to this here later. Um, you know, I don't. It's interesting. De Niro and Pacino get grouped together a lot. Yeah. I don't think that they're similar actors at all. Mm. Um, but it would be interesting, I think, to switch them in heat. Oh, um, yeah. Um, even though, you know, a lot of the stuff that you remember about heat is Pacino, Pacino doing a lot of that, you know, she's got a great ass, yeah. you know, and all that. <laughs> um, I can't imagine what De Niro would be like in that same role. You yeah. know, it would be a lot more muted, but the villain now would be crazier. Yeah. And it, I don't know if it makes sense for somebody to be a little bit crazier in that role because they have these rules that they abide by you know like the heat comes around that corner you better be able to drop everything and whatever you know pacino in that role would be a little bit way different actually um but it would be interesting to switch them and just see how it would be a different movie i don't know if it would be a good movie actually but it i would be interesting to see oh hell yeah i have a couple answers to this my first my very first thought was swap bale and ledger in the dark knight because I think um, huh. American Psycho 
gives you a glimpse that if Christian Bale wanted to go to that Joker place, he could probably have killed that. Role. Certainly, that's a good point. Uh, and and you know, I'm at the point now where I think almost anybody can play Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. and Batman, and they're not going to offend me, including Val Kilmer, except yeah. for Val Kilmer. <laughs> right. Um, um, but uh, my real answer is going to be a little bit more obscure movie. It's a it's a movie with Tommy Lee Jones and Jeff Bridges called Blown Away. Yeah, yeah, about, I remember that about a mad bomber. Uh, and the only reason I want to switch these is to see if Bridges can do a better Irish accent than <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones. Why is it so yeah. hard to do an Irish accent? I mean, because Tommy Jones's accent in that movie is terrible. I don't know. <laughs> we've, we've dealt with Jeff Bridges' accents before, too, when uh, The Vanishing and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <but> the, <laughs> he might not be able to do it either. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Tommy Jones obviously could just kind of slide back into fugitive mode mm-hmm. um, for the cop bomb diffuser role. And, and Jeff Bridges would get to go a little crazier, like we've seen him do more lately in his career than he was doing back. Back then, back mm-hmm. then he was just kind of mo- mostly trying to go for straight man type yeah. stuff or hero stuff. Uh, Blown Away is just a weird ass movie that doesn't work on almost any level. That was um, the uh, <laughs> the year Tommy Lee Jones was in five movies. Yeah, well, that was right after the Fugitive, yeah, right? Yeah, it was after the Fugitive. He did uh, he did Blue Sky, which had already been in the can for years. It was an Orion movie. Then he did Natural Born Killers. Yep, mm. uh, the Client. Uh, blown away and there was one more that i can't think of right now but he was in a ton he's like in everything that <laughs> yeah, man we got to get some of that yeah. fugitive action yeah uh jesse do you have any any anything on this one uh let's do maggie grace and liam neeson okay <laughs> oh. okay oh. okay oh. all right is is someone supposed to be the villain in this no, no, no. what i mostly want is i want them to switch i don't have a villain and hero what i want is for them to switch. So you know that scene where like all the girls are standing in the middle being bit on and they're oh, really out of it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be Liam I Neeson. I want Liam Neeson in a bikini. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like, you know what? I'm there. If you're pitching that if you're pitching that movie, I'm watching it. Oh, and Ma- I wouldn't mind watching Maggie Grace kick some Maggie ass. Maggie Grace, we know she can kick some ass. Yep, yep. So I'm, I'm there for you on That's that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Taken four switches the roles. You Don't know? think they're not going to do that. So... Watching, I was watching Taken on the plane yesterday, which is why it's on my mind. And <laughs> as I'm watching it, my dad's sitting next to me, and at one point he taps me on the shoulder. He goes, you know, I would do that for you. And I, <laughs> I never have to. And then I said, and then I said to him, I go, I have a particular set of skills of reviewing and discussing films. Nothing to help me right now. I've watched Taken. <laughs> I've watched three of them. And I'm fully aware that I don't stand a chance. Oh, Jesus. That's so awesome. That's awesome. I have one I think that, that could be really plausible, and I'd like to see this, is the switching of Leo DiCaprio and Matt Damon in The Departed. Oh. Mm, yeah, that's um, a good one. I think this would actually make the movie even better because mm. I think Leo... Can Damon do that hand, steady hand thing? Oh, I think if he so. can't, then that whole movie's down the top. Well, then they, they just do special effects. And oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the CGI the, the Yeah, hand. exactly. Yeah, just clear that up in post. Mm, but I, yeah. think, uh, I think Leo as the... He was trying to scuzz up his image a little bit at this point anyway, mm-hmm. you know, post the beach and all that stuff. So I think he could have played a better villain. And I think um, I think Damon could have could have played the, the, the dogged, you know, undercover agent. Uh, I think probably better than Leo could. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, lo- I love it as it is. I just think that it would be more interesting if they had switched the roles on it. I agree. Yeah. That would be very interesting to see. And mm-hmm. plus, you know, Damon's 
Boston accent is leagues better than Leo. It's because, true. I guess it's so he's true. From there, from yeah. the Boston. Yeah, from, then yeah. both of their accents are better mm. than uh, Vera Farmiga's <laughs> or, or uh, Jack Nicholson. Actually. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Everybody's butchering accents in that room. <laughs> Um, even legends butcher the accent. Yes. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, that will do it for this week. Jesse, uh, where do, where do people uh, find you normally out there in the world? Well, right now I'm in my basement. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I live in a basement. So no, everybody I, go I, to I, Jesse's I ba- basement. <laughs> I, uh, I live in a basement. It's super sparkly. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can find me, um, Twitter at Jesse Malton and Instagram at Jesse Malton. And I run my dad's website, which is LeonardMalton.com. Yeah. And the podcast, uh, Malton on movies, Malton Malton on movies. movies that's on right. Nerdist. It's uh, it's excellent because there's so many people telling like so many, like I love when these guys and these people get into like these, like how this stuff happened. Like the, the yeah. Mel Brooks one, Talking about Gene Wilder and Gene Hackman playing tennis together and stuff like that. <laughs> That's how Gene Hackman got in Young Frankenstein. That stuff is gold to me yep, yeah. when I hear yeah. those type of stories. What's really interesting to me is that when we're interviewing people, they continually apologize for telling long stories. And I think it's in large part because they're so used to um, they're so used to late night shows and stuff like that where they have three minutes. Oh, yeah. 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 So like we had Nikolai Kostrovaldau. Mm-hmm. you know game of thrones and he kept apologizing every time he'd tell a story and i was like you're good this is exactly <laughs> what we're here for yeah. yeah that's what but it's because they have an hour and they're not used to having an hour so i i love it i love hearing them talk uh when bill Pullman will go up i think next week and um and you'll hear him talk about space balls being his first movie oh i can't wait oh i'm definitely awesome. gonna that's be awesome. i'm definitely gonna be listening to that one that's gonna be great <laughs> i hope does he talk about some zero effect any zero effect at all Damn. Nah. Well, you know, maybe one day I'll get everybody on to zero effect and everybody. <laughs> when will... they talk to Ben Stiller, they'll that's talk right, to That's talk right. That's right. Um, and please keep going to our Sincast presented by CinemaSense Facebook page. Keep going to SoundCloud. Keep going to Twitter. Keep going to Reddit. There's a lot of places that you can come and talk and to. And this us. is our 100th episode. 100. So My God, if people. If by chance you want to stop by and say something about the longevity of such a magnificent podcast from Three Brilliant Minds. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, some somebody from the Philippines the other day wow. sent a sent a message through Facebook saying that uh, just recently got onto the Sincast and he does a lot of driving and stuff, and he heard every single episode. Yeah, just must it. do a lot of driving. That's what I told him. I said <laughs> this must be a lot of driving because that's a good uh, two hundred hours. He worth lives of- in the Philippines, but he commutes to Boston. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. That's correct. That's correct. No, um, it's awesome. This has been. We're almost on two years now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it, really thank you guys. We're on no sleep. No sleep. <laughs> <We're> on <laughs> <Yeah>. No sleep. <laughs> oh, I'm <laughs> um, Yeah. Thanks for listening uh, and helping us get to 100 episodes. Thanks for helping us get to two episodes. That's right. But, right. Uh, 100 is uh, kind of mind blowing and, and we appreciate it. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Anyway, that'll do it for this week. It's Chris Atkinson, Jeremy Scott, Barrett Share, and Jesse Malton. We'll Yay! see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Did you guys watch this Infinity War trailer? I did. did. You had the same reaction I did? 
Uh, probably. I mean, yeah. it doesn't excite me. No, that's what I'm, I, I decided not to say that on Twitter yesterday. Yeah. Well, I said it subtly, but I didn't say it out overtly. But man, the trailer did nothing for me. Mm-mm. I really, I was talking to Simser about it um, privately because he loved the trailer. And I was just like, I just don't see how they can sustain any kind of interesting narrative when they have 35 characters they have to give fan service moments for. Like, that's all no, it's, it's going to be. What it's going to be is exactly what the trailer looked like. I mean, I what it probably will be is probably what the trailer was like where guardians of the galaxy are tacked on at the very end. Like who the hell are you guys? Yeah. And like, Oh, there's them. And then we cut back to Robert Downey Jr. Being yeah, because sad. there's a part two. Well, that right. not anymore. There's, there's another movie, but they decided infinity wars not split into two. This is going to be infinity war. And the next one they haven't titled yet, so but it's going to be a part two, but is, but yeah, isn't it the, isn't it what they were going to call part two? I think so. I okay, think it's the same so they're thing. Still, I mean, yeah, I mean, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I watched it and I was like, yeah, I mean, I understand why the fans are are geeking out about it and everything, but I think that uh, Thanos looks like Hellboy. He does. Um, I don't know if that's a common sentiment, but he looks exactly like Hellboy. Everybody was saying he looks like a thumb. Yeah. Everybody was tweeting pictures of a thumb <laughs> over his face. Yeah. And I love Barrett's comment about Bucky cocking that fucking machine gun. <laughs> like, oh, there's a guy with a gun. Gotta give him a hero shot. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there was somebody on Facebook after we did Thor Ragnarok um, mini pod um, that was like, the, these movies definitely say wh- who's got what power and who's got who's more powerful than who and all that. And I said, OK, look, I don't agree with you, but I am going to watch all these movies again before Infinity War comes out. Mm-hmm. And if I don't see it, I'm never going to see it. <laughs> yeah. Just 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 know that. And if they if they if they do somehow explain it, then I will go on to the podcast and say how wrong I was. But until then, (laughs) I don't believe they've done it. You know, it's uh, you you may be filling in some holes with your comic book knowledge. I'm I'm looking at the movies themselves, and of course, there was another guy who said who asked a question that we have. I don't know if it's it may be still in the pile of stuff that I've been sending you or Mm -hmm. whatever. Who was like, in this day and age. Uh, is is it is it more um, in this day and age should people be going and looking at uh, the stuff on the internet and filling in the gaps that the movies don't have and does that matter and all that other type of stuff because nowadays that's how movies are being made is mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. and I I still don't think so no. but it's an interesting thing to talk about at some point. I could talk about it. I talk a lot of different angles on this a lot, but uh, I think it could fill up an entire episode. Yeah. Because I just think about all the stuff. Like a lot of times people, I'm sorry if I'm keeping you or anything by by saying all this type of stuff, but I think a lot of times when we do a a mini pod of something and we bring up some little things like we would bring up in a sins video, Mm -hmm. whatever people attach so much like weight to those things that we talk about little tiny things in there yeah the booyah in justice league yeah you know this is why i usually don't speak in definites on a podcast because of course it was in the fucking comic right (laughs) well no it was it was just in those teen titans apparently was in the comic books too yeah um and uh and and but I think a lot of people attached meaning to it. Like we hated the movie because of the booyah. Like that was one big, huge reason, like a whole letter grade went down (laughs) and that's not the case. No. Uh, Plus that wasn't the point 
anyway that we were making. Booyah doesn't work in that movie in that context. Yeah, for that matter. character. But it was you know this is the problem with these movies is that somebody somewhere went the fans are going to love this, mm-hmm. so let's put it in here and not give two shits about what John Q moviegoer thinks. Right. And you know yeah, like Jesse, she, she's in our boat where she's like I, I just went and watched it as a movie. I yeah. didn't really have the, the yeah, knowledge. Exactly. No, what I am is the only child in a group of grown-ups, <laughs> and thusly every single time anything isn't working, and I mean, and this is me of like our fifty friends, the only kid. <laughs> wow! So I had to know really young how the hell everything worked. <laughs> well, Imagine getting a four-year-old to install your uh, VCR, because that's exactly what would happen. Wow. <laughs> Oh He's yeah. Do you still have film. a laser disc? Oh yeah, of course we do. Nice. I have a I have a ton of laser discs, but I do not have a player anymore. They they still sell them in some places. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing is, because because my dad had to watch whatever they sent in whatever format, mm-hmm. he'd had everything over the years. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so for him, his concern is always getting rid of something. Even when they update it, just because he's like, well, but what if it doesn't work? What if it doesn't play right? Yeah. Uh, so, so he's tried really hard to downsize. But <laughs> he's got this. He's probably the entertainment center has just got nothing but, you know, every not, single thing. Uh, it's a VCR. It's a DVD player. It's a Blu-ray. Oh it's a laser disc. <laughs> you know, there might be an eight track in there somewhere. That's pretty awesome, though, <laughs> when you think about it. It's not. It is. Yeah. And with the record player on the right side and the whole. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You still have any of them uh, VHS tapes up there? Oh, yes. Absolutely. Nice. I yeah. have a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. You don't watch them I anymore, right? Mine. I watch mine. Really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I've yeah, I've I just have, sort of. I have a VC, I'm in my room. I have a VCR in my room. I've just sort of replaced everything that I've ever bought on Blu-ray. Basically, <laughs> I lost all of my DVDs at one point, so I yeah. had to replace those with Blu-rays. But um, anything I've had on VHS, anything I had on Laserdisc, I have it on Blu-ray. <laughs> so. Well, but that and that makes sense. It makes complete sense. The other thing though that drives my dad nuts is that they keep doing these reissues. Yeah. So. Have like I can't tell you how many copies of the Lord of the Rings we must have had over the years because mm-hmm. every like year or two they're like, but now yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. And, and for a while they came with doorstops. I, oh, I don't know why, yeah. but they like they were in these boxes and they were huge, and it was a doorstop plus the new DVD. So my <laughs> oh, bedroom geez. was just Lord of the Rings doorstops. <laughs> it's crazy that there is even a, a, even room to do a but now with Lord of the Rings because I remember <laughs> getting the extended cuts and there were like f- fifteen commentary tracks on those <laughs> things. And like, well, so I do, don't do understand they how they do more. You guys where they do those uh, marathons. What's that now? Do they have that in Nashville where they do marathons they of, have, the, of the movies? They have done that, but they did it uh, for The Hobbit when it came out. Um, yeah. And I was actually working in a movie theater that did that. So that was really strange, starting up Fellowship of the Ring and seeing these people, then one, then starting up Two Towers, and then there's, you know, same people, and then it's Return of the King. <laughs> these same people have been in here for like 12 hours. Right. And then they watch The Hobbit afterwards. Oh, uh, that's their reward. Yeah, their reward is The Hobbit. <laughs> yeah. 
it's just Sean Astin getting angrier and angrier and fatter. It pretty fatter much is. Exactly. What you're watching. That's right. Did you say angrier oh, and fatter? Astin. Yeah. <laughs> you know. He uh he got he got pretty uh pretty fluffy for Stranger Things too. Yeah, yeah. Man. I can't have him in Stranger Things because I can't watch him making out with Winona Ryder. That made no <laughs> sense, right? Upsetting. That made no sense. It, it, <laughs> in my body, could not like contain that kind of thing. Like, really, you're Winona Ryder, and he's Sean Astin. Um, <laughs> that's, that's the first time you see him. Yeah. First time when he comes in the store and he's like, da 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 da. Oh yeah, let's a- storeroom. And, and I'm like, out. I'm like, nope. The way she's no, acting, he's have- like, he's totally a rebound, right? Like, he's yeah. got to be a rebound. Yeah. Oh, God. Now, we love Sean Astin. Sean yeah. Astin's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I, I once, there was, I had this random encounter at one point. I think I've told this story on the podcast before, but uh, the, the Naomi Judd and Ashley Judd and everybody used to come into my theater when I was, like, in the 90s. They used to always come in. And so, like, I, every once in a while, I'd come in, and they'd come and talk to me and stuff, then in whatever, you know, just, it was fun. Uh, but then, like, she does kiss the girls, and uh, Naomi Judd uh, shows up, like, in a limo or something when the movie's about to come out, or it just came out or whatever. And I, I come out, and I'm, like, talking to her and everything, and she goes, I've got Ashley Judd on. I've got Ashley. She didn't say Ashley Judd. i got <laughs> Ashley on the phone right now. And I was like, okay, cool. And I like, got on the phone, and I was like, hey, Ash, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> like, totally cool, right? <laughs> then I call you Ash. <laughs> it's actually Lily to her friends. Right, right, Lily. right. <laughs> Lily. See, I'm, I'm making that oh, I was about to say you got some inside it's, info I'm just there. Trying to think, I'm trying to think of the most ridiculous thing you could do. Oh yeah, <laughs> Lily, what's done. up? Lily, girl, that's right. How you doing? How you doing on the other side of the world? Right? You made it out. That's right. <laughs> Hey, from the bottom, now we're here. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. From Ruby in Paradise to this. <laughs> I have a sleeping dog on my lap. Do you understand what you're asking? <laughs> I do. This is Hercules. Oh, puppy. Oh. One second, I will grab some headphones. Oh, thank you. Sorry about that. Oh, Sorry no, about that. Don't say anything to me. Say something to Herc. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sorry dog. we woke you up, Herc. Hey, puppy dog. Hey, Ducky, who's a good dog? You want to go to the park? <laughs> Hercules is obsessed with cheese. Oh, so really? So if you want him to do anything ever, you just go, cheese? Is there cheese? He goes, Herc fucking loves cheese. <laughs>